This is Football Nation. Todd DeVries and Bill Enright bring you the latest trends from the NFL. Headlines, stats, fantasy previews, and more right here on Football Nation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Football Nation. Week two of the NFL season. Week three of college. We got big matchups in both worlds. We talk about it all here today. And, of course, we help you with your fantasy football lineups I'm Bill Enright, and with me, as always, is Todd DeVries. Todd, days in between weeks of the NFL season seem to go by so quickly because we're live right now on FootballNation.com, Football Nation Radio, Thursday uh, afternoon. The Jets and the Pats are kicking off tonight, week two, starting in just a few hours. I tell you, Bill, ever since the NFL went to this Thursday night schedule, it has made our life pretty difficult. (laughs) You know what I mean? We're just putting a bow on the previous week. Right. On about Wednesday, you know, when we start shifting gears fantasy football-wise and just regular content-wise at footballnation.com. We start shifting gears around Wednesday, and then boom, there's a game on Thursday already. It's tough to digest what we saw the previous week and then already get prepared for the upcoming week. So exactly. we're, we're doing our rankings on FFChamps.com like very early, a lot earlier than we're used to doing them. And then, of course, we go back and tweak them. But we want to get ready for the Thursday night game because we got a lot of people riding on the action tonight. Not so much from the New York Jets roster and maybe not so much with the Patriots anymore. What happened to all the Patriot playmakers? Oh, my God. Well, it's just been... Uh... It's just been bad times, man. I mean, at least number 12 is upright. That's, That's the right. Key. That's all that matters. And and that really kind of shows just how great Tom Brady is. You think about Peyton Manning, the weapons that he has around him with Demarius Thomas, Wes Welker, uh, Eric Deckard, the new tight end, Julius Thomas. And then you think about who Brady has. He's got a rookie in Kembrell Tompkins who looked awful in week one. He's got Julian Edelman who really played defensive back a couple years ago in the playoffs, I believe, for Bill Belichick. Of course, he is a receiver, but that just kind of shows the athlete that he is. He was a quarterback at Kent State. Right. No Rob Gronkowski. Probably Danny Amendola is doubtful. So I think that's a big testament to the greatness of Tom Brady. Uh, We'll find out how great he is tonight. A lot going on today's show. We'll do the matchup previews for week two. We got the injury news, the latest headlines from around the NFL. Plus, we'll talk fantasy football, help everyone out there with your fantasy football teams. Now, usually, Todd, we take calls all throughout the show, but today our call screener is broken. But there's another way that you can reach us, and that is uh, email. Radio at footballnation.com is our email address. You can send us your lineup questions. If you're worried about an injury, shoot us an email at radio at footballnation.com. And, of course, you can hit us up on Twitter as well. I got a lot of screens in front of me, Todd. Twitter is one of them. I'm at Bill Enright. You can follow Todd at CFF Geek. And, of course, the official Fantasy Football Champs Twitter handle is at FF Champs. Uh, a couple Love. more things that we're going to get to today. Kerry Byrne from ColdHardFootballFacts.com. We're going to go inside the quality stats, the only stats that matter when it comes to predicting the winners and losers in football games. Plus, we'll tell everyone how to compete for over $3 million, Todd. $3 million is up for grabs over at DraftKings.com, and there's a pretty big matchup in college football this weekend with Texas A&M and Alabama. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit of animosity there. You know, uh, you got Johnny Football. He's made a couple headlines, you know, just a few headlines in the offseason, Bill. 
He's, <laughs> he's back under center. He's the guy that orchestrated the big upset over Bama last year. And uh, you know Nick Saban. They, Nick Saban had a bye week last week, Bill, to prepare his defense for Johnny Football. So That's going to be an exciting game for sure. Yes, they're going to bring the lumber, bring the wood down there in College Station. Should be good to watch. All right, how about some NFL injury news? Fantasy football players, you're going to want to listen very carefully to this because Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Roddy White, not looking so good, has a high ankle sprain, was kind of used as a decoy in week one against the Saints. And you got to love Roddy, Todd. He tweeted out, fantasy fans, if I don't part, if I don't practice this week, that's not a good sign. Get me out of your lineups. Got to love the fantasy assistance from a star like Roddy White. <laughs> you know, that would not fly if he was on the Patriots with Bill Belichick. Do you know what I mean? Can you imagine what he would say? Well, Belichick would, he would, you know, strike down Twitter, like with <laughs> hand of God. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the end of that. Uh, yeah, well, that's good. That's good that he's, he's uh, up front with his fantasy owners. Um, we don't we don't worry about Julio Jones, right? He's also been limited a little bit in practice. Now Julio wasn't practicing, but it's a Wednesday practice, so we're yeah. a lot less concerned about that. Julio is just going to be fine. He has a slight knee injury, but without Roddy White out there, Julio better be playing uh, on Sunday. Yeah, and that hurts Matt Ryan, of course, as well. Uh, I, th- I I do think that they're going to be fine. Julio and, and Matt Ryan, uh, they'll just be fine for week two. That should be all right. But I'm just saying, it doesn't help Matt Ryan. Or without who, without Roddy White on the, on the field? Yeah. Oh, that's a big-time loss. You're th- exactly. talking about a high-caliber high receiver. Hurt him last week, too. Yeah, it did a little bit. Um, low, low, much more low-scoring last week than we thought. Yeah, we were expecting fireworks in that game. Didn't get it. Uh, some more wide receiver news. How about Des Bryant of the Dallas Cowboys? He has a, a, mid, a mild foot sprain, Todd, but I think him and his quarterback, Tony Romo, who's dealing with some rib injuries, they're just going to be they're gonna be fine. Yeah, they'll be all right. I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. Good matchup for them this week, too. We mentioned it earlier. Someone that's not going to be fine is Danny Amendola. ESPN Boston is reporting that he may not only miss this game, not only may miss week two, uh, three, but he may not be back until week four, Todd. Oh, Bill, you know, we talked about Danny Amendola all off season, And what did we say? We said the guy is Mr. Glass. He can't stay healthy. And we're one week into the year, and here we go again. It's just kind of uh, not not so shocking for us, Todd, as we've been watching Danny Amendola with the St. Louis Rams for quite some time now. He, he was, what, I think he missed like 20 of his last 42 games. Something like that. I don't know. I You know, in fantasy, Bill, I actually avoided him. Um, I shouldn't say I'd avoided him. But he didn't wind up on any of my rosters, Danny Amendola. I'm in a bunch of leagues. I don't have him. And I'm not, you know, I, I guess I, I didn't feel like I, I should reach for him because of the injury thing. Well, that's the thing. If you were in a PPR league, you looked at what Wes Welker has done in the last six seasons, catching 110, 115, 118 receptions year in and year out. And then Amendola, similar skill set, similar size, similar yeah. ability. You'd think he would do the same thing, but he just can't stay healthy. Not durable. Not durable So, so really, so he could... So if, if they're saying that, then I mean he's he's beyond doubtful for tonight. Then I mean if he's going to miss a couple of weeks, then why would they even consider him for tonight? Why don't they just rule him out? You know, you'd think that playing on Thursday, if he missed tonight's game or Thursday night game, uh, he would have ten days of rest for week three. That's kind of what I thought the plan was. But this report saying that he's not going to be back to week four, uh, I guess it leads you to believe that the injury is a little bit more serious than originally thought. Yeah, not good. 
not good. Uh, not at good, all. you know. And on Tuesday we lamented the Shane Vereen injury. Oh. He's going to be out till what week eleven? Can't yeah. get back on the field till week eleven. That's tough news as well. You know, Gronk. We still aren't sure exactly when he's coming back. I mean, the signs seem to be, you know, that he'd be back in another week or so, but we still don't really know. Uh, sticking with this Thursday night game with the Jets now, uh, it is reporting by ESPN Chris Mortensen that uh, New York Jets quarterback Mark Sanchez will undergo shoulder surgery for his torn labrum, and that happened in the fourth preseason or the third preseason game in the fourth quarter, Todd. So it looks like Geno Smith. Uh, will be this will be the quarterback for the Jets because Sanchez is likely going to end up on IR. <laughs> and this is all stemming from when he was in that uh, preseason game at the end for no reason. Right, exactly. Brilliant, brilliant move there, Rex. You think this is a move just to keep Geno Smith on the field? No, no. He really needs. It. Yeah, he's hurt. I think he's hurt. I think that he had an op- he has an option to. Uh, try to rehab it a little bit during the season and play right. a, a couple weeks or maybe halfway through the season. Or and you know eventually he's going to need surgery either way. Yeah. So I think he just said the hell with it. I'm going to get the surgery now. Couple running backs to get to here. Jamal Charles from the Kansas City Chiefs said he's going to be fine. He'll be on the field on Sunday as the Cowboys uh, are taking on the Chiefs in Kansas City. And then Pittsburgh Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell. Todd, this is going back and forth, back and forth. It appears that he's going to be out at least another month. Ugh. That, What's that, going on here? We, that I mean, Liz Frank injury, listen, this is what happened with Maurice Jones-Drew last year. Same injury. The Liz Frank injury, at first they said MJD was going to miss a couple weeks. Then it was a month. Then he was going to be able to practice. And then he was put on IR. Same kind of thing has happened right now with the rookie out of Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bill, it's interesting because we kind of got through the preseason relatively unscathed with injuries. From around you know? the league, yeah. I mean, there were a couple big ones, but most of them were kind of like before the preseason even started. The Percy Harvin, you know, obviously Aaron Hernandez, Gronk. Macklin, yep. Macklin. They kind of all happened at the very beginning or, or before the you know training camp even set in. And then we kind of got through August and we're like, you know what? That wasn't too bad. We didn't get destroyed by injuries. And, and we got slapped in week one. Now it's just all, yeah, it's all coming back because this is just crazy. I mean, uh, and, and, the, and the injuries aren't. They're frustrating because they're the kind where they look they look relatively minor and they turn out to be major, right? You know, I yep. mean, Vereen. The, the initial report on Vereen was two weeks, right? Sure, yeah. Now it's basically ten weeks. Yeah. I mean, Danny Amendola was kind of like, ah, I hope she'll be all right. Now it's doubtful for this week. Now you're saying maybe week four, right? Kind of crazy. Same thing with Le'Veon Bell. Wow. Well, that's football, baby. One more injury to get to here, Todd. Jermichael Finley from the Green Bay Packers, their tight end, traveled to Minnesota to get treatment on his toe. Kind of uh, alarming when a player leaves his own team doctors, goes to rival territory with the Minnesota Vikings, and tries to get some treatment on his foot. Or on his toe, excuse me. You're not a big fan of Jermichael Finley. Not at all. Burned me way too many times in fantasy football. And now you know why. The guy's always hurt, can't stay on the field. And when he's on the field, he's dropping passes. Yeah, it's a shame. He's got so much potential. Todd, is it a good idea for Finley to be going to Minnesota where the Vikings play? Big-time rivalry. Uh, People in Minnesota hate Packer fans. They hate the Packer players. This doctor is going to give Finley an honest opinion? What do you think about that malpractice suit? Well, I guarantee the Packer fans aren't too happy with that. No, that's kind of sketchy. I don't get it. I don't get it. All right, so that was the injury news as we're heading to week two in the NFL. I want to take a time to say hello to my producer, Josh. What's up, Josh? Bill, actually good to see you in studio. I'm literally right across from Josh today, Todd. 
How about it? Reach out and touch him there, Bill. There we go. High five. Got it. There it is. Now, for those that don't know, Todd is in Pennsylvania. I'm in North Jersey. Josh is running the show from Gillette Stadium. Uh, I happen to be in town, so I'm in the studio with Josh. Todd, you couldn't make the trip. You're still in PA. I sure am. Uh, so what's it like there, man? Gillette. I mean, you know, we're, we're uh, what, eight hours from kickoff? Yeah, they, they have all the NFL network uh, trucks outside. I got a tour of the stadium and the uh, the club area where I'll be sitting tonight. You know, I'm a big, big, big-time uh, radio guy, Todd. I, I get club seats. Of course. So I got the hookup from, actually, the, the president of Football Nation, Andrew Miller, is a season ticket holder for the Patriots, so I'll be sitting with him tonight and his family. But uh, I love the atmosphere here, Todd. It's nothing like being at an NFL stadium because – you know, the stadium's empty right now, but you can just imagine that in a couple hours it's going to be screaming loud with obnoxious Jet fans and the Patriot homers. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Is it really, do the Jets fans have a lot to uh, cheer about right now? I mean, they are undefeated. They want to know. I guess. I guess uh... The line on this game is 12 points. It started off as 12 and a half. It's 12 points. Even without all the Patriots' uh, playmakers on offense, Vegas is still giving the Pats... 12 points. I think the last time or the average score uh the the last three the last three games the Patriots have beaten the Jets by an average of 18 points. 18. And of course, remember last year the Thanksgiving game with the butt fumble. Who could forget? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that that was played so many times on ESPN's top 10 worst plays that they actually had to retire it. I think it was like 38 or 39 straight weeks of the butt fumble being the Number one worst play. They actually had to retire it. They had to make room for other bad plays. So no Sanchez for you to watch tonight, Bill. No Tebow. Geno to Smith. It's going to be Geno Smith in action. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, you know, two two guys that uh, you know usually make a lot of not top ten, not top ten lists. Tebow right. and Sanchez will not be in uniform tonight, or they will not be in the stadium tonight. So, Bill, you're going to have to find something else to watch, man. I mean, well, Geno Smith. What do you think? Huh. Is he, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to watching Geno Smith. I like watching Brady in person. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, I think he's going to be uh, on another level tonight because I think he realizes that it's all about him. He has to make the players around him better, and that's what we've seen him do over the years. And I also want to see Stephen Ridley, Todd, benched in Week One against the Buffalo Bills for fumbling. Uh, Coach Bill Belichick has no other choice but to play Ridley tonight. Shane Vereen's hurt. Legarrette Blunt doesn't really do anything. Uh, special. He has uh, some trouble holding onto the ball as well. I believe Brandon Bolden is hurt. Leon Washington, really the only other healthy running back in action. So, Stephen Ridley, fantasy owners, don't worry about Ridley. Play him with confidence tonight. Yes, absolutely. Now, what about Nate Sudfeld? Uh, Zach Sudfeld. Zach, Zach, yeah, Zach, Zach Sudfeld. Sudfeld. Uh, he's Do you know, hey, by the way, yeah, by the wow, way, wow, wow. I have uh, college on the branch. You know, his brother, Nate, is a quarterback for Indiana. Oh, really? Is he big? I was just answering an email too? about Nate Sudfeld. He's lighting it up for Indiana, honestly. He's actually like a, a rising star in the world of college fans football. Really? It's his, it's his bro, is what I was reading. Yeah, Nate. So, yeah, Zach Sudfeld. What's the status of Zach? The last I heard, he's still dealing with a hamstring injury, but he is questionable for tonight as I just got the update from our producer, Josh. Yeah. All right. A lot of action going on here, Todd. We got the call screener getting out of the refrigerator, literally was in the refrigerator to cool off. Imagine getting a phone call from tech support and saying, we're going to tell you to put the call screener in the fridge. 
to help cool it off. Now, Todd, this is a $5,000 piece of equipment, and the, the tech support from the company told our producer to put the call screener in the refrigerator. What is it, like a box? Like a What does it look like? It's like, like a, a cable box? Yeah, kind of like a cable box, but with less uh, displays on it. Uh, more like just flashing flashing lights. Okay. So we're trying to get that going because we want to hear from the fans. We want to uh, be able to take people's phone calls, but we're helping everyone out through email. Radio at footballnation.com is our email address. Todd, what do you say we get to one or two emails uh, to help everyone out with their fantasy football lineups for week two? Yeah, man. Let's get it, let's get it rolling. All right. Who, who's the first one up? You're better at tracking the emails down than I am. Uh, put me on the spot here, friend. Let's All right, we're gonna go okay. to our we're gonna go to our friend David Holcomb. There you go, writer at Football Nation. He has a few questions for us. One is he has Jared Cook in the tight end spot. Should he also put in Jordan Cameron, the tight end from the Cleveland Browns? Uh, his other options in the non PPR league are Dwayne Bowe, Ahmad Bradshaw, Vincent Brown from the Chargers, Kembrell Tompkins, and Andre Roberts. Everything going all right there, Todd? Got a little concert going in the background. Heard a lot of feedback. All right, we're going to pull down Todd for a little bit. David, I'm going to answer your question on my own. Uh, Jared Cook in the tight end spot. I like it. Jordan Cameron's going to be a big part of the Cleveland Browns game plan this week. We saw what happened with Julius Thomas uh, on Thursday Night Football. In week one, Julius Thomas had a breakout game against the Baltimore Ravens. But you know what? That's because the Ravens, they had they, they can't cover everyone. So I think that's why Thomas had such a big game. Jordan Cameron, on the other hand, there's no Josh Gordon for the Cleveland Browns. The Ravens are going to have no problem covering Greg Little and Devon Bess. So Jordan Cameron, I would rather see you play Dwayne Bow in the flex spot this week instead of uh, Jordan Cameron. I think Cameron goes on the bench, even though he had a good game in week one, put Dwayne Bow against the Dallas Cowboys back in action in your flex spot. Uh, David, Todd, you back with us? I'm back with you. Yeah, right. good. I, I agree there. I, I just don't. I still don't have great vibes about Bo, but um, I agree with your your recommendation there. Okay. Uh, we have some breaking news, Josh. We have breaking news here. The phones are working, people. The phone lines are working. Eight five five four seven eight seven zero three zero. Apparently, tech support had the right idea. You put the call screener in the refrigerator. And all of a sudden, boom, back working. So we are live taking phone calls, 855-478-7030. Uh, we're going to stick with some more emails now as, as people start to call in already. Uh, David also wants to know if, if Danny Amendola doesn't play, Todd. Brian Hartline or Kembrell Tompkins? What do you think? Oh, wow. So you, you have the guy that busted last week in Tompkins who should have a, even a greater – a bill, a chance to get to more catches or more targets his way tonight, and then you've got Hartline who completely overachieved last week. You know, everyone right. was looking at Mike Wallace, and Hartline had a pretty nice day. So I don't know which way do you go on that. I'm not. I mean, Tompkins might be you know kind of the the boom bust option there, where I right. think I think Hartline's probably kind of a safe a safe option. I think Amendola he's not going to play tonight. I would go with Brian Hartline just to keep it safe. I'm a little bit worried about Kembrell Tompkins playing against Antonio Cromartie. He has to prove it, right? You know. Let He's got to prove it, it to me now. Yeah. I mean, he, he kind of proved it in the preseason, but we all said, hey, let's see what happens when the, the bright lights are shining down on him. And last week, he, he was terrible. So hopefully this week, um, changes, you know, he's, he, he should have more targets, Bill. I mean, geez, Sudfeld might not play. He's questionable. Amendola's probably out. 
Someone's got to catch the ball from Brady, bud. No Vereen? Yeah. I mean, you got Edelman and Tompkins. Who else? That's it. I mean, Edelman, Tompkins, maybe we'll see the rookies, Aaron Dobson or Josh Boyce. I mean, if, if Brady goes back and throws the ball 35 to 40 times, which is entirely possible, right? And he completes 20, 25 balls. Who's catching 20 or 25 balls in that offense? Edelman catch, can catch what, 8 to 10? All right, yeah. 8 to 10, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, Edelman? So, so who's catching the other 10 to 15? Uh, yeah, it's got to be somebody. Sudfeld doesn't play. It's even worse. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I think there's, there's definitely uh, an, an interesting upside with Tompkins this week, but until he proves it, I kind of have a hard time putting him in my lineup. I hear you on that. I hear you on that. Um, David also has a couple questions about the San Francisco 49ers game versus Seattle Seahawks. We're both expecting a defensive matchup. But you can't sit a guy like Frank Gore or Marshawn Lynch or Vernon Davis this week just because they're playing against two of the top defenses in the league, right? Yeah, I mean, unless you've – it depends on the other options. But, yeah, I mean, you can't just bench him just because he's playing Seattle. Right. Not doing that. I mean, he did all right last week. Um, Well, Gore was against uh, the Packers. But I I wouldn't – you know, you can't just bench him and and plug in some some nobody. No, you can't. Um, I'm not too scared of that matchup. I mean, there has to be some level of offense or offensive production. Um, Russell Wilson, I am a little scared about, even though the Niners just got torched by Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. But Russell Wilson, I think he has like 250, 275 yards combined last two uh, last year in their two meetings in the NFC West battle. Yeah, but Russell Wilson's kind of a borderline fantasy starter anyway. Right. That's what I'm saying. He might be the only one I'm, I'm not even considering. Last Last year, okay, I just looked up Frank Gore's game-by-game log for last year, okay? Yeah. First meeting with Seattle, 16 rushes, 131 yards, five catches, 51 yards. Right. That's 182 yards from scrimmage. Now, the next time they played, when they got destroyed by Seattle, if you remember, only six rushes for 28 yards. Not yeah. And a fumble. Not good. But that was the 42-13 thrashing where the game kind of got out of hand. And, you know, that was the one game all year, really, that Frank didn't have more than 10, didn't have 10 rushes. So, uh, I mean, that was 21 to nothing 15 minutes into the game, if yeah. you remember. Right. Sherman had the, the blocked field goal return. Marshawn had a couple touchdown runs, and the game was kind of over before it started. That was the game where Kaepernick kind of came crashing back down to earth. Right, right, right. Yeah, I remember that. So... Take what you will out of that. But that one was in Seattle. That one was in Seattle. The first game, Gore destroyed the Seahawks, but that was at home. So, uh, But I'm with you, Bill. You can't you can't bench Gore unless you've got an unbelievable option sitting there on your bench. Uh, we have a, a fantasy football rookie, and he's also from Denmark, Todd. Our friend, I'm trying to find his name here, da, 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 da. Jonas. Jonas. Jonas from Copenhagen. That's in Denmark. Uh, he Luckily, he put Denmark in the parentheses because I would have no idea where Copenhagen is. I would have guessed Switzerland. I would have been wrong. Yeah. Anyway, he says, hey, guys, I love the show. Fantasy football rookie. Uh, naturally started off the season. Had a great draft thanks to FFChamps.com. Without the draft tracker, I would have been completely lost in the draft. Thanks a lot for a great tool. Uh, he needs help with his flex play. Ben Tate, he says, not going to pick up many points. Furthermore, I'd like some advice on how I can upgrade my running backs to get a stud, uh, a stud at the position. So he's got Tony Romo and Andy Dalton, Stephen Ridley, Giovanni Bernard, and Ben Tate. He does need some running backs here, Todd. Calvin Johnson, Danny Amendola, Kembrell Tompkins, and Eddie Royale, Eddie Royal, are his bench players or his wide receivers. So 
I'm guessing for his flex, he's starting Stephen Ridley and Giovanni Bernard. Keep in mind, this is a 14-team league. So he needs two running backs, two wide receivers, and a flex. What do you think about these options? No Danny Amendola tonight. So Calvin Johnson, Kembrell Tompkins okay. have to be in the starting lineup. Then, yeah. he, then you got Stephen Ridley and Giovanni Bernard in at running back. So to me, it's between Ben Tate and Eddie Royal of the San Diego Chargers in his flex. What should our guy Jonas from Copenhagen do, Todd? Uh, I mean, are you buying uh, Eddie Royal stock? No. Scored yeah. two touchdowns in Monday Night Football against the Texans. He might not score again until November. Right. He's one of those types of guys. Not buying the Chargers at all. So what, Tate? I guess it's got to be Tate. It's got to be Tate. Got to be Tate. The Texans came out and said they kind of regret not giving the ball more to Ben Tate in week one. He had nine rushes. Arian Foster had 18 rushes, but they both had the same amount of yards. I think Tate had 55 and uh, Foster had 57. So Tate, very productive. They just didn't give him the ball enough. I think that'll change in week two. Yeah. You know, I, and again, uh, we talked about overreacting in the Tuesday show. Right. Don't overreact with Eddie Royal, please. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. A lot of people were spending a crazy amount of money on their free agent acquisition budget just to get Eddie Royal. Uh, I didn't understand it. No, I don't, I don't get it at all. Um, I believe we have Ben Tate ranked around number 30 in that's the running backs this week, Bill. That's correct. So, you know, that's a borderline starter. And when you're talking about a flex, that's kind of what you're looking at for flex. So I, I put him in there. All right, moving on to the next email. We got Joe, who is a longtime FF Champ subscriber. He says, I love the show. He's in a standard scoring league, non-PPR. Uh, he needs some help with his flex question, wavering between Marquise Coulson of the New Orleans Saints and Golden Tate, I'm assuming. Oh, excuse me, Ben Tate. Another question, Ben Tate. Uh, Gold, uh, Marquise Colston from the Saints or Ben Tate from the Texans? It's a non-PPR league, Todd. Colston. Going with Colston anyway. Yeah. Against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm down with that. Not afraid of Revis. Okay. So bench uh, Ben Tate this week and put in Marquise Colston. Uh, we have a question from Jeff S. Says, hey, guys, league is a PPR. Trying to decide on a wide receiver flex to go with. Currently has Julio Jones, Eric Decker, Antonio Brown, Julian Edelman. We haven't talked about Julian Edelman a whole lot just yet. But, Todd, what do you think about Edelman tonight since Danny Amendola is going to be out of action? You think Amendola, uh, You think Edelman just steps in and takes over as the Patriots' number one wide receiver? He's he's got to. There, there's no other options. I mean, well, Tompkins is the only other option that we know. I mean, unless you think like Aaron Dobson comes out of nowhere and has a big game, we just talked about it. I was just trying to break it down. I mean, if, if Brady's going to complete twenty to twenty-five passes, <laughs> you know, we don't. Stephen Ridley's not going to. He's not a Shane Vereen type out of the backfield. No, and he's n- not. Neither's Legarre uh, Blount. Blount right. So, um. You know, Edelman's going to – you got to figure he's going to catch eight or nine passes tonight. He has Jared Cook as the option to put in as his flex. Would you take out maybe Eric Decker or Antonio Brown, put Edelman into the one of those wide receiver slots so you can sneak in Cook into that flex? Not sure if you do that. Full point PPR. Antonio Brown, pretty solid in that format. Eric Decker, yeah. lousy week one. Do you think he bounces back against the Giants? I think Decker's going to be up and down all year. I think he's going to have some huge games. Yeah. And there's just so many weapons there. Um, Brown. I mean, I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking Brown is kind of. The odd man out. Put Edelman, into the, fl- put Edelman into the third wide receiver spot. Edelman's in. Edelman's in. Julio's in. Edelman's in. Okay. 
It's just a matter of do you want to slide Cook in there for – and Cook's against the Falcons. I think Cook has to be in the lineup. He's such a big part of that yeah. St. Louis Rams offense. We saw it in week one with his two I mean, touchdowns. I might be taking out Brown. All right, take out – again, this is for our, our friend Jeff S. Take out Antonio Brown, put in Edelman in the wide receiver spot, and then there you'll have room for Jared Cook in that tight end. I mean, Brown, you know, last week, 5 for 71, and, and now they're on the road at the Bengals. Hmm, interesting. Not a great matchup. No, not at all. Uh, email from Shelly86 on FF Champs. That's my boy, John M., one of our FF Champs homeboys, as we like to talk, call them. They're always live with us every Wednesday and Sunday morning. Uh, we're live on FFChamps.com TV. Uh, so anyway, John M., Shelly86, wants to know, do we think the Jets key in on Julian Edelman tonight, leaving Kembrell Tompkins as the better play? What do you think about that, Todd? Yeah, I mean, they could key on Edelman. I don't think Edelman's a guy that you can key in on. He's, he's kind of all over the field. Well, that's the thing is he's not, you know, it's not like you're taking away the deep threat, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's it's pretty easy for a defense to try to take away a deep threat. Look what look what the, the Giants did against Des Bryant last week. They took right. him out. But this guy, Edelman, like you said, he lines up all over the field. He's catching little swing passes. He's catching little, you know, uh, wide receiver screens. He's over the middle. He's He's all over the place. Yeah. It's like a little bug out there. So I don't know that he's a guy that you can totally game plan against, you know, for right. better or for worse. So for fantasy, it's for better because, I again, if, if it's if you're talking PPR, I think I think Edelman, he's got to catch air nine balls. I I would be shocked if he didn't. But on that, you know, to the other side of his question, can Tompkins have a big game? He could. He could. Yeah. He certainly could. I mean, I don't think he's asking – he's not really – He's saying which one's a better play. That's right. What he's saying. I don't know if he has both of them, though. Well, I I'm, think he's just asking our opinion. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say Edelman is much, much safer I agree. play. But I'm not going to discount Tompkins as having some major upside. I hear you. I hear you. All right. We're going to one FF Champs homeboy to another one. Big shooters in the house. Big shooter. Aaron W., our boy there. Uh, generally, he says he uses the FFChamps.com player rankings each and every week, but since these guys are all so close, they're kind of bunched together. Des Bryant is in the top 10, but Jordy Nelson, Todd, and Deshaun Jackson are neck and neck on the FFCPI. Which one are you going with in a non-PPR? To me, you have to leave Des in the lineup. Yeah, non-PPR. Des is in. Des okay. is in. Unless he's hurt worse than we know from that injury. You know, if we see something on Sunday where he's limping around in pregame, then we'll start considering different story. Right, but he's right. in, so it's between Deshaun and Jordy. Uh, Jordy's a much safer play. Yeah. Uh, Jordy against know. Jordy against the Redskins, who just got torched by the Eagles, and then Deshaun Jackson's playing against the San Diego yeah, Chargers. I'm uh, I'm gonna lean Jordy there. I'm gonna go with Jordy as well. I think that's a good call. Uh, Todd, we're due for a break. What do you say we kind of uh, pause here for a minute because we're going to start getting a lot of phone calls. 855-478-7030 is the phone number. Plus, we'll preview some of the matchups for week two. Again, the phone number, 855-478-7030. Just getting started here on Football Nation. Quick break, and then we'll be back. This is Football Nation. You know who wasn't surprised when the likes of Tom Kaepernick, Alfred Morris, Doug Martin, and RG3 took the NFL by storm last fall? The guys at collegefootballgeek.com. That's who. Collegefootballgeek.com has been the nation's premier college fantasy football strategy and advice site since 2008. We're in the business of identifying fantasy gold 
at the college level. At collegefootballgeek.com, you can run mock drafts against the mighty CFG computer, customize your own fantasy cheat sheets, tap into our experts for advice, and keep up with the latest player news for all 124 schools. And the best part, it's free to subscribe. So whether you want to dominate your college fantasy football league, or if you simply want to get an edge on your NFL fantasy leagues by identifying tomorrow's fantasy stars today, check out collegefootballgeek.com. Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, you draft a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won 100 grand in his very first football contest. $100,000 the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Promo code CHAMPS. Good luck. ColdHardFootballFacts.com Insider will change the way you look at the game of pro football with our groundbreaking quality stats. These are stats that have direct correlation to winning football games. The proof is in our performance at Cold Hard Football Facts Insider. We analyze every team and pick every game every week straight up and against the spread. Cold Hard Football Facts Insiders have gone 500 or better against the spread in an incredible 72% of weeks since the start of the 2009 season. Visit coldhardfootballfacts.com, click CHFF Insider, and uncover the statistical secrets that separate winners from losers in NFL games. The proof is in our performance. Become a Cold Hard Football Facts Insider today at coldhardfootballfacts.com. Football, football, and more football at footballnation.com. That's right, and we are fired up here in week two. Bill Enright and Todd DeVries live on Football Nation Radio. 855-478-7030 is the phone number. Got a lot of action going on today, Todd, as we're heading into week two. Why is it important for fantasy football players not to panic after just one game? Well, can't overreact. Bill, you can't put Eddie Royal in your lineup because he had a couple touchdowns last week. It drives me crazy when I get tweets. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Bill Enright. Todd is at CFF Geek. I'm getting all these tweets from people asking me about trades, and they're trading away you know, Calvin Johnson because he didn't get into the end zone this week, and he only finished with 37 yards. I never understand why people do the countless mock drafts during the offseason, during the month of August. They're staying up late trying to figure out their draft strategy, and then one game comes around, and they throw it all out the window. It drives me wild. I totally agree. I mean, you've got a long resume for guys like Des Bryant and Calvin Johnson, even Trent Richardson last year. You know they're going to come around. I, I do you know, throw up a red flag on a guy like Lamar Miller. Right? Okay. A, a new situation. Haven't seen him yet. All eyes were on him. Yep. And he failed. Epic he, fail. Yeah. So, you know, I don't trade him yet. But that's a guy that I have a red flag next to, and you know, he's got a couple more weeks to uh, turn it around, or I will be cutting bait with him. Someone, someone like that. That kind of situation, I can see people starting to get a little concerned about. But not these 
veteran guys, the same offenses, the same quarterbacks, and a lot of cases the same coaching staffs, they're going to come around. Yeah. Yeah. It's one week. Right. You got you, you got to give it some time. You have to be patient. You have to let everything settle in. Get yeah. You have to sometimes you just have to get the kinks out. Yeah, I agree, man. And uh, it goes it goes both ways too, you know, like we said. Can't get too excited about Eddie Royal. Personally, Bill, I can't get too excited about Michael Vick. No, not feeling him. Well, I'm feeling him, but I'm also feeling him getting pretty bumped up. Now, here, here's the thing, Todd. There are players that in your league may be hitting that panic button, and it's important that you take advantage of that scenario. Of course. So if someone in your league is kind of panicking already about some of the players on their roster, then you have to jump all over that opportunity. We have an article at ffchamps.com. Maybe we'll have time to talk about it a little later called Trade Bait and Prey, and it's basically a buy low and sell high, just like the stock market, and you can do that with fantasy football players. So you look at a guy like Calvin Johnson, if someone in your league is worried about him, you want to take advantage of that opportunity. Take advantage of your opponent's stupidity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen in my leagues, Bill. Nobody, no. nobody does this. Too Not com- yet. Too competitive. I mean, middle of the season, perhaps. Right. Middle of the season, you know, if Calvin Johnson through eight games has – you know, 600 yards and three touchdowns. Right. You know, maybe, but not uh, not right now. It's too competitive. People people are, are smart. They know. That they just got to wait it out. They'll, they'll come around. 855-478-7030 is the phone number. You can also email us, radio at footballnation.com. We're going to jump back to the emails where Andrew from Cali wants to know who we should play in his flex spot, Darren Sproles or Julian Edelman, and they get kick return bonuses. Uh, in the action. So it's a 10-team, full-point PPR league. Wow. Well, that throws a wrench into things. It I guess, certainly I guess does. I'm, I'm going to go... <sighs> you got to go sprawls here. I mean, yeah, full-point PPR and the kick return. I think that gives a little bit in sprawls' favor. I agree. Yeah, I think you got to go sprawls. He doesn't say what kind of bonuses. He, but he does get one point for per 25 return yards. So Sproles, maybe he averages 75 punt return yards in a game or right. 50. That's two points. Full point PPR, the guy had eight catches last week. Add in the receiving yards. You're looking at a solid 12 to 15 point week from Darren Sproles. Yeah, and then maybe he gets in the end zone on one of those catches too. Could you be. Never know. Um, yeah, I think that's the way to go. Go Sproles. Very safe. Very, very. By the way, both guys are great in PPR formats, Bill. So. Yeah. Good job there from Andrew C. I'm going to lean with Sproles. I have a feeling, Todd, that replacing Danny Amendola is going to be a theme on today's show. 855-478-7030 is our phone number. Where we go to Connecticut, where Jag is on the line. He needs to replace Danny Amendola. He's not sure Uh, what to do. What's up, Jag? Hey, guys. Uh, Love your show. Thanks again. Thank you very much. Um, I have a question. As you know, know, since Amendola won't be playing, uh, do I want to start any two of these four people? Cecil uh, Shorts, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Britt, Marlon Brown. Cecil Shorts, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Kenny Britt, or Marlon Brown. Todd, what are you thinking? Two of the four? Yeah, two of the four. That's Shorts. Ha- that sounds ugly. Shorts. Marlon Brown. You're liking your boy Nuke? Nuke? Is that an option? Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, right, Shag? Yeah. I thought I said, oh, I thought I said Tompkins. Oh, my bad. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins, uh, Nuke. Nuke Hopkins, Britt. Cecil <sighs> Shorts. Cecil Shorts, uh, best option out of those four. Yeah, Shorts is in. All right, Shorts <laughs> is in. We need one more for our boy Jag. 
I guess I might go Hopkins. I might go Nuke. Go with Nuke. I like that. All right. Jag, you're all set, buddy? Yep. All right. Take care. Best of luck in week two. Uh, Nuke Hopkins, he did pretty well his first game out with the Texans. A lot of a big scare about his uh, concussion problems in the preseason, Todd, but he looked pretty good in week one. Yeah, six targets, five catches, 66 yards. Um, we saw him at Clemson catch a million touchdowns, so you know he's got a nose for the end zone too. He's not yep. just a possession guy. Right. Um, quite frankly, five catches, 66 yards, I think that's kind of on the low end from a yards per catch standpoint for him. Yeah. You know, it's like 12, 13 yards per catch. I think he's going to go finish the year higher than that. He's going to catch a lot of deep balls. So um, I'm going to go Hopkins there. All right, we're going to go to Matt in Chicago has a question about his running backs. What's going on, Matt? How can we help you today? Uh, yeah, I got a running back uh, question. Uh, I'm in a non-PPR league, and uh, I need to choose. I already think I know what you think about what you think about Lamar Miller, but uh, between Lamar Miller, Ahmad Bradshaw, and Daryl Richardson. Interesting trio here, Todd. I know Daryl Richardson is dealing with a little bit of an injury, but his coach Jeff Fisher says that he's fine. No way in doubt of missing Week One. We were very disappointed in Lamar Miller had. Big expectations for him, but he let us down in a major way, but we're not ready to throw him off the ship just yet. And then Ahmad Bradshaw with the Indianapolis Colts in a timeshare with Vic Ballard. You only have to pick one of these options, Matt? Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, thank goodness, because we're... (laughs) Well, here's the deal. Yeah, what do you think? All right, Bradshaw is up against Miami, the same Miami defense that shut down Trent Richardson last week, correct? Correct. All right. Um, I just don't trust Bradshaw at all. All right. Neither do I. Richardson, I think, is kind of a middle-of-the-road, very low-upside type play. Isaiah Pede is back from his suspension, so it's not going to be uh, Richardson's solo job in the backfield. Isaiah yeah. Pede's going to steal away some carries. He will. He will. Um, Miller is <laughs> – do you, do you plug him in another week, Bill? I mean – I'm not ready to give up on him yet. I mean, Indianapolis Colts defense is not good. Terrell Pryor ran all over him. Darren McFadden had a good game. I'm sticking with my guns in Lamar Miller. I think he just needs an opportunity to get going, and I think the Dolphins give him the ball a little bit more this week. I'm going to agree with you, but I'm not happy about that at all. Like all right. I would not feel good about it. Hey, Matt, you got to cross your fingers. Hopefully Miller comes to play. Step it up, Lamar, as we like to say, right? Oh, That's right. That was the theme on Tuesday. Step it up, Lamar. Matt, any other question you got? Um, how about the defense between the Cincinnati Bengals and the, the Baltimore Ravens? Bengals? Baltimore Ravens were taking on the Browns. Brandon Whedon's an, uh, a turnover machine, dude. I might have to go with the Ravens this week. We got the Bengals ba- Monday night, Pittsburgh at home. Yeah, that's tough. The Bengals a lot of sacks. Are, yeah, a lot of sacks. Pittsburgh can't play any worse than they played last week. I just think that Baltimore – is embarrassed by the way they played. I think they take a lot of pride in their defense, and Terrell Suggs and, and company are, are really going to show that the world that they're still the Super Bowl champions. I, I like both I, I like both plays, by the way. Yeah. I'm looking at the FFCPI. We've got them both in the top eight this yeah. week. So. I'm leaning toward the Ravens. They're both pretty solid. I'm leaning toward the Ravens. Uh, you're going with a coin flip, Todd? Uh, I might go Bengals on Monday night. Okay. All right, Matt, you got a decision to make. Pick your favorite host. I'm saying Ravens, Todd saying Bengals. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Best of luck to you, dude. They're both good plays. It's always tough with the defense. I mean, you really can't go wrong when you have the Ravens and the Bengals. Would you drop one of them to kind of get another roster spot, maybe for a wide receiver and a running back? you ever carry two defenses, Todd? Nope. Not into that. 
There was one league at one point in time I had where the commissioner made crazy rules, so the defense is really important. Right. Um, which was ridiculous, in my, in my opinion. But other than that kind of league, no. I never carry more than one. Uh, have you ever carried two kickers in the past? Nope. No, not interested in doing that. Nope. I'll carry <laughs> six or seven running backs before I carry two kickers. Todd, we have a PPR question from Blake. He hit us up on email, radio at footballnation.com. Uh, he has a question about his tight end, PPR league, Kyle Rudolph or Kellen Winslow? How about Kellen Winslow out of nowhere? Can you believe that? Like, he was so done. His career was over. And, of course, he goes to the Jets where they have no playmakers. They have <laughs> no choice but to throw to him because Jeremy Curley's out with a concussion. Stephen Hill can only run straight. Antonio Holmes is hurt. So, of course, Kellen Winslow's <laughs> going to get some targets. I'm going Rudolph. You're going with Rudolph here, even though the yeah, inept quarterback of Christian Ponder can't. The chances, a- the chances of Winslow scoring a touchdown in two weeks in a row, very slim, are like zero. Uh, <laughs> I know he caught seven balls last week. Yeah, uh, I'm going. Um, I'm going to go with Rudolph. I mean, it's not even close on the FFCPI. We have Rudolph at 11. Winslow, uh, at but 21. I hear what he's saying. I mean, you know, Rudolph only caught two balls last week, yeah. so it's you know these are these are mid-level tight end options. So. You know, it, it's not like you're – I mean, these are bad options. How did you wind up with these two guys? I guess you were hoping for Rudolph to be – Maybe maybe he's waiting on Gronk to come around. Could he's be. Got a, something like that because there's so many good tight ends. This, I mean, there's so many better tight ends than those guys. Right. I mean, we've got Rudolph, what, number 11 this week? Yeah. He, Only because – How did you, how'd you not grab one of the – you know, Cook Cameron? I mean, how did you not get one of those guys? In tough. Maybe he liked but Rudolph. It's just me? I mean, I don't know. We – we identified the big sleeper list this year. Yeah. Cook and Cameron, grab them, grab them. So Paul I Pond. did. You know? Paid off um, big time. I don't know. But, uh, no, I, I can't, I don't know. I can't trust Winslow. It's like Winslow, no Sean Moreno. Where, yeah. Why don't these guys just go away? They make my, my, my life miserable. I'm tired of these guys. Get them out of here. No? Well, yes? I, I totally agree with you. I think it's uh, they old, just cause havoc. old mood. Yeah, I know. I know. They're not exciting to have on your team. <laughs> You know, ever? <laughs> no, they're not. You know, they make they're they're like uh, smoke and mirrors. It's like an illusion. What is it called? A mirage. It's like a mirage. You think they're good, but they're not good. I don't think they're good. No, well, I'm just saying. They're... I'd rather play like Brent Selleck than those guys. I hear you. I hear you. Um, Fred Davis. Yeah, that's not a bad option. Brent, Brandon Myers. Not there's like ba- there's like 15 guys I'd rather play than, than... Rudolph and Winslow. Yeah, well, maybe Rudolph. I mean, Rudolph is—he's kind of a red zone guy. I mean, he can—he can score touchdowns. Yeah, but Winslow, I know he had a good stat line last week. I'm just—I'm not buying it at all. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Matt in Kansas City is looking for a replacement for Shane Vereen. What's up, Matt? Who's out on the waiver wire? Yeah, hi. Um, I got a quick question. I know you guys have had a lot of questions about Shane Vereen, but here's my issue. I have my three running backs, and I get to start them as a flex. My third one are Doug Martin, uh, Maurice Jones, Drew, and Reggie Bush. So I was fortunate enough to actually pick up Jaque Bell. Unfortunately for me, um, Danny Amendola went down, but I was also able to get Julian Edelman. So I'm nice. putting him in my spot. Okay. The problem is I'm filling up on my bench, and I had Shane Vereen, and I actually made the mistake after listening to you guys of dropping him because I heard he was going to be out for 11 weeks yeah. and picked up um, Sean Moreno instead. And he's sitting on my bench. Should I drop Sean again and go back and pick up Vereen and sit and wait, or do you think that, that Sean has better upside with 11-week wait. How big is your roster? How many How many players can you carry? I can carry six bench spots with an IR. The unfortunate part is I already have Percy Harvin on my IR. Right. You're not moving him out. How many uh, guys in your league? 
Uh, there's 10 guys. And wh- wh- what are they like? Are they the kind of uh, aggressive players that, that would be willing About to put it? half of these guys are pretty aggressive. The yeah. other half um, are either first-timers or just do it kind of casually. So how many how many running backs do you, are you carrying right now at this moment? Uh, right now I have three starting, and I have Ben Tate, uh, Chuck Lee Bell, and... Moreno. And Moreno, yeah. So you have six. I, I don't think you need Vereen on your roster just yet. Let okay. some of your other opponents get into the bye weeks. They're going to have to drop Shane Vereen if they if they pick him up now anyway because they're going to need some help. They're including gonna, you. Right. Including, right. You know, including you. If you pick up Vereen right now, you're going to hit the bye weeks and probably have to scramble for someone else at some point as well. Right. I, I think having Moreno on the bench is serviceable if, if you're in a tough spot. Luckily, you have Drake Bell if Reggie Bush were to go down. Uh, ben Tate for Aaron Foster, but Moreno, not a bad option as your fifth or sixth running back. What about the option of picking up Vereen and dropping Harvin, or would you keep Percy in the IR spot? Todd, what do you think about Who are your receivers? Uh, I have Julio Jones, and right now Danny Amendola on my bench, Julian right, Edelman, Edelman in my slot. I only have to play two. I have Chris Givens and Josh Gordon as well. I love I love Gordon and Givens. Um <sighs> I don't know enough about Harvin's injury. He says he's going to be back week seven. The team originally said after Thanksgiving. So it's kind of up in the air. We know Vereen's not back until week 11. That's a fact. He's not able to come back until week 11. Harvin may be back in week seven. And if he is, he's certainly worth keeping on that IR spot. Okay, well, it sounds like I should probably just sit tight. Yeah, Yeah. there you go, Matt. It sounds like you're set, dude. I mean, between those three running backs and the receivers I really like, who's your quarterback? Uh, I have Andrew Luck, and on my bench, I have Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, nice. I really like your team. I think you'll be all right. Uh, I know the Vereen lost hurts, hurts a little bit. Uh, MJD bounces back, and, and you'll be a very dangerous squad. All right, thanks, guys. Best Appreciate of luck it. to you, Matt. Uh, what do you think about that situation, Todd? That, it's tough. That IR spot, always tricky. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was able to put Vereen in my IR spot in one, in one league, thankfully. Okay. Yeah. But in another, uh, I don't have an IR spot, so I've got to decide if I'm going to hold on to him or not. And right now I'm holding on to him only because I missed out on all the great waiver wire pickups because I was like the last on the waiver wire list this week. Mm-hmm. So I'm holding on to Vereen right now, but you know we'll see what happens when the bye weeks kick in and I have more injuries and all that good stuff. But I'd rather, I'd rather hold on to him. Now, his, his lineup, I believe he can only carry 15 players in total. Right. I can carry 20 on this one, so big difference. A little bit more space. Big difference. Yeah, sure. So that's why I was trying to figure out how many guys he had on his bench. He only had six on his bench. I have like 11. So for that, I can stash him away and wait. And then, like you said, with Percy Harvin, that's a great question. you know. And who knows? No one knows the answer to that. But like you said, hey, if he does come back in week seven, Bill, I mean, his first of all, the Vikings buys in week five. Right. So he comes back week seven. He's playing for another five. He's playing for he's got 10 games in a row. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Even if he comes back in week nine. Right. against Dallas. Um, You can see that happening, couldn't you? Yeah. Dallas. Percy Harvard's back. Uh, Let's go to Craig in Illinois has a question about his flex spot. Uh, Craig, who are the options here? Uh, So I have Pierre Garçon, Lamar Miller, Giovanni Bernard. Kembrell Tompkins or Brian Hartline in a ten a team PPR. And you can only use one of those guys? Yeah, I have my starting running backs is Jamal Charles and Reggie Bush, and my starting wide receivers are Calvin and Randall Cobb. I like his team. I like his team a lot. I like these options. Yeah. I like uh, I like what he's doing here. For me, I'm going to actually uh, – it's PPR, right? Yeah. I'm taking out Lamar Miller. 
crossing them right off my little notepad here, Bill. Okay. He's crossed off. Yeah. Can you hear it? Yeah. Can you hear it? I hear I'm it. Cross off, I'm crossing off Geo. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm down to Garcon, Kembrell Tompkins, and Hartline. Yeah. I'm going Garcon. I'm going Garcon, too. I mean, the Niners ripped the, four, the Packers' defense apart and passing the ball. It wasn't like Colin Kaepernick was running all over. I think RG3 has feels like he has something to prove. Garcon was not really involved on Monday night against the Eagles. I'm leaving Garcon in the lineup. Yep, I agree. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I like your team, though. That's yeah, that's a well-built team. A lot of depth there, a lot of good options. Um, you're in good shape moving forward. <laughs> well, it's good to hear that. <laughs> All right, best of luck to you, Craig. We appreciate the call. Todd, taking an international call. We're going to Germany where Sean's on the line. What's going on, Sean? How are you doing? We're doing all right. How do you say hello in Germany? In Germany. Say, uh, in our neck of the woods, Gruschgott. 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 All right. What's How are you guys doing today? You, we're doing all right. Sh- Sean, do you have a Scheiza team or do you have a good team? I have a good I have a good team. All right. Nice Scheiza. Not Scheiza. Not Scheiza. All right. What do you got I'm for us, Sean? So all right. Good. I like to hear that. Yep. So what's your question? Um, This week I got a standard league. Ten, uh, ten guys in the league. Um, I could start three wide receivers. So do I start Hakeem Nix on uh, the third spot, or do I go with uh, Eldman? Eldman. That, very interesting predicament. Uh, I believe the Broncos-Giants over-under in Vegas is 55 points this week. So they're expecting a lot of touchdowns. Hakeem, uh. looks, Hakeem Nix looked really good in week one. But, Todd, Julian Edelman, this name keeps popping up. We know the Patriots uh, don't have a lot of options. Tom Brady's going to have to throw to somebody. You going with Edelman over Knicks? Oh, man. This is PPR, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, this actually is not a PPR. So oh, not PPR. Yeah. Not PPR. I'm not going Knicks. Non-PPR, you're going Knicks. You think maybe four for 100 and a touch for Knicks, where Edelman maybe six for 65 or six for 80. I think he'll have like eight for 88. Yeah. Okay. Triple eights for for Edelman. Not sure he'll score. He might. I like I like Knicks. He's a big play uh, big play guy, and that's where non PPR comes into play for me, Bill. All right, Sean, go for it. Go with Hakeem Knicks. We like in that spot. How do you say goodbye in German? Uh, tush. Tush. All right, tush. Take care. Tush. Thank you later. Help. Later, Sean. Yeah, <laughs> he picked right up on that Shiza comment. Yeah. <laughs> My brother was in the army. He was stationed in Germany for two years. That's all he would say to me because it's the only one I remembered. Shiza, Shiza, Shiza. There you go. Yeah. Uh, a couple more emails to get to. Web radio. Or, hello. Radio at footballnation.com is the email address. Uh, 855-478-7030 is the phone number. We got Bodog. Our friend Bodog needs a sit start. Uh, needs some help with his lineup. Really, it comes down to his running back two, his wide receiver two, and his flex, Todd. Okay. His options for running back, Giovanni Bernard and Joyke Bell. Which one are you putting into that running back two spot? You like what you saw from Joyke Bell? It's a full-point PPR league. I liked what I saw from Joyke. What kind of name is Joyke? I don't know. Kind of like Juke, but Joyke? He's a little bit more chipper. I'm the biggest Geo fan there is, but I'm kind of playing wait and see with him, Bill. He's going to win that. He's going to. I know. Yeah, he is. Eventually. He eventually. It's I mean, going to happen. Last week, five touches of the ball. Five. He only had two targets receiving. He only had four rushing attempts. They're obviously trying to ease him into the offense. Right? Huge game, Bill, against the Steelers. And we saw what the, on the other hand, what we saw what Detroit did with Joyke Bell. They actually played the guy quite a bit. He had 11 touches. And he knew what to do with them. This is a full point PPR. 
I'm going to go Joik. All right, I'm down with Joik. So that's going to the running back two spot for our friend Bodog. What about the wide receiver two, Pierre Garçon or Deshaun Jackson? I like both. Um, we just told the other caller to go with Mr. Garçon. Right. Playing against the pack. He was quiet last week. I'm going to go with Garçon again. But I do like DJX this week, too. I think All right. He can... Well, keep that in mind because he has a flex spot open. Giovanni Bernard or Deshaun Jackson? Process of elimination. Joyce Jackson. Bell and Garçon are in the lineup. You're going with DJX. Yep. I think as long as Vic is healthy, um, Deshaun Jackson is has you know some pretty good fantasy value. And Vic is healthy right now, so... I'm going there. Now, again, two, three weeks from now, hopefully, this is no-brainer Geo. Yeah. Hopefully. Yep. But, you know, when are the Bengals coaching staff, when are they going to start trusting Geo with the ball more than five times? Yeah, that, that that's eventually going to happen. I think they can't deny his talent, can't nope. deny his explosiveness. It, He's going to have to get some more carries. It might be a, a you know, blocking, situa- a blocking thing. You know, he needs to brush up his blocking. Right. Keep uh, Andy Dalton upright before he can get in there. Sure. Not sure what it is, but I thought it was kind of a joke that only had five carries last or five touches last week. All right, that was for our friend Bo Dog. We're going to take a break. Coming up next, Kerry Byrne from ColdHardFootballFacts.com is going to join us. Plus, Todd, we're going to tell some people how they can make money playing fantasy football over at DraftKings.com. More Football Nation up next. Football Nation, there is no off season. Win your fantasy league and your trophy too. It's FF Champs, FF Champs for you. News advice, rankings, and expert advice too. FF Champs is for you. FFChamps.com, ensuring you win from draft to playoffs. FFChamps.com, extraordinary results for fantasy football dominance. FootballNation.com is all football all the time. It's a one-stop shop for diehard football fans to get their football fix. NFL, college football, fantasy football, news, analysis, videos, articles, and podcasts. You'll find it all on FootballNation.com. It's a great place to interact with thousands of hardcore, passionate NFL, college, and fantasy football fans. Want to get in the game? The Football Nation community gives hardcore fans the power to share their opinions, views, passions, photos, gripes, stats, or analysis. FN has the biggest network of user contributors dedicated solely to covering football. Join our team today and instantly launch your own team, player, or fantasy football column or blog. Build your own personal brand and following with your Football Nation portfolio of content. If you love football... You belong on FootballNation.com. Simply sign up for free at FootballNation.com and become a citizen of Football Nation today. Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, you draft a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won hundred grand in his very first football contest. $100,000 the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Promo code CHAMPS. Good luck. 
You know who wasn't surprised when the likes of Tom Kaepernick, Alfred Morris, Doug Martin, and RG3 took the NFL by storm last fall? The guys at collegefootballgeek.com. That's who. Collegefootballgeek.com has been the nation's premier college fantasy football strategy and advice site since 2008. We're in the business of identifying fantasy gold at the college level. At collegefootballgeek.com, you can run mock drafts against the mighty CFG computer, customize your own fantasy cheat sheets, tap into our experts for advice, and keep up with the latest player news for all 124 schools. And the best part, it's free to subscribe. So whether you want to dominate your college fantasy football league, or if you simply want to get an edge on your NFL fantasy leagues by identifying tomorrow's fantasy stars today, check out collegefootballgeek.com. This is Football Nation. Todd DeVries and Bill Enright bring you the latest trends from the NFL. Headlines, stats, fantasy previews, and more right here on Football Nation. All right, welcome back to Football Nation. Bill Enright, Todd DeVries hanging out with you. Second hour of Football Nation. Still have 60 minutes of NFL fantasy football and, of course, college football coverage to get to. But first, Todd, we got to talk about the biggest contest in fantasy football history over at DraftKings.com. There's yes. $3.1 million in cash prizes, over a million bucks. You can be a millionaire playing fantasy football. The lucky winner, the first place overall prize winner, is getting a million dollars. This season-long contest will run each and every week. The winners from the individual weeks kind of compete together or compete against each other on December 22nd. $3 million in cash prizes. Biggest fantasy football contest in history. That's crazy. All right, so what we like to do is we kind of like to give you some uh, best buys, some bargain buys, or some overpriced players heading into week two. Uh, you, you have a, a fictitious budget that you use uh, at DraftKings.com, and and you have to kind of pick and choose players based on that budget to fill your roster. Uh, quarterback, uh, th- uh, two wide receivers, running backs, a flex, a tight end, kicker, and defense. So we're going to go through the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers, and the tight ends. Todd, first up on the best buy list at quarterback, I know you had a bad game in week one, but I got Robert Griffin the third, 6900 bucks versus the bat versus the Packers. I think he's a pretty good buy. I totally agree. You know, he had a, a rough first half. I think he'll rebound nicely. Uh, I think he started getting a little bit into a groove. Granted, the Eagles were playing in a prevent second half pretty much, but I think he'll be just fine against the Packers. Colin Kaepernick ripped him to shreds. Packers defense is not that good. So I think that's a pretty good uh, pretty good bargain there. What does that rank him there? Is that about the what 12th or 13th quarterback? Right, I, th- I think he outperforms that that price. I agree. Uh, the next next up, you said it a little bit earlier in the show, as long as he's healthy, he can make some plays. Mike Vick at $5,700 seems like a steal to me. Yeah. Right? I'm looking here. What am I, what am I missing here? Uh, he's I don't like know. number 20-something, like 23. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. And the funny part is it's not my absolute steal for this week. My absolute steal for week two is Eli Manning coming in just a little bit above where Mike Vick is, $6,100. Again, I said it before, the over-under for this game is 55 points. David Wilson had some struggling, uh, had some struggle fumbling the football in week one. So I think the, the Giants have no choice but to pass the ball a lot against the Broncos. They're going to try to keep up with them. With the amount of points that the Broncos are putting on the board, Eli Manning is going to be passing a lot. 
Absolutely. I mean, they can't run the ball, right? Yeah, right. They're not going to be able to. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, the guys we just identified, Bill, I just I just kind of told them up here. They're number 13, 20, and 24. Ranked. I can't believe Vic is that low. I mean, if I'm playing and I am going to play this week, Vic's going to be in my lineup. I may do two teams. Eli Manning is going to be my other quarterback. I agree. All right, how about the overpriced quarterbacks? Terrell Pryor, $7,100 versus the Jaguars. Russell Wilson, $7,700 versus the 49ers. And then Cam Newton, $8,900 versus the Buffalo Bills. The Russell Wilson one is is way out of whack. $7,700 versus the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I don't get that one. Terrell Pryor is um, over $1,000 more than Eli Manning. How does that happen? Well, they're playing Jacksonville. He's coming off a hot week, and they're playing Jacksonville. And, and I, I said it last week. I'll say it again. I'm not that shocked that Terrell Pryor had a, like a good opening game. It's just not going to last. And it might last one more week, but not for this price. Right? Right. Not, I mean, no. this is – Vic and, and Eli are clearly the plays over Russell Wilson in this format for that price. Vic is $2,000 cheaper. Right? Yeah. He's 5,700. Right. I, I'm, not good, I'm not good at math. So 71. I'll leave yeah, it up Yeah, it's 1,400. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's some good stuff there. Right there. Already, you've saved yourself a couple thousand dollars off your salary cap. It's a $55,000 salary cap, right? Yes. And if you boil down the math, um, actually, it's $50,000 salary 50, cap. 50000 yep. If you boil down the math, it's about $5,500 per player. Correct. So, if you're getting Vic, you're right on average. You're going to have a lot of money to spend elsewhere. And you can possibly spend them on one of these running backs. Best buys for running backs. I got D'Angelo Williams, $4,200 versus the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, we saw Shane Vereen have a pretty good day on the ground against the Bills in week one. Then I got Steven Jackson playing against his former team. Some extra motivation, Todd. $6,300 for Steven Jackson taking on the Rams. Mm, I like that. Maurice Jones-Drew travels back to his home state of California. Maurice Jones-Drew coming in at $5,700 versus the Oakland Raiders. They can't stop anyone on defense. I'm very surprised MJD is so cheap. He's a pretty good bargain. He's he's in the teens. If you kind of look at it from a ranking perspective, he's in the teens. So, yeah, that's not bad. You're saving money on the quarterback so you can buy my absolute steal at running back. LaShawn McCoy, $6,300, Todd. He's like the 16th or the 17th best running back this week, according to this budget. I can't believe it. $6,300. They got Shane Vereen at $6,800. He's on IR, not even playing this week. LaShawn McCoy was by far, hands down, the number one fantasy football running back in week one. No slowing him down in week two. uh, Shady McCoy going to be on all my rosters. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Can I just throw one more out there? Go ahead. Just in case you're interested. What do you got? How about Eddie Lacy? Not bad. 4,200 bucks. He's the 26th ranked uh, running back. Um, Our FFCPI has him around 18. And he's against the Redskins. Can't stop the run. They couldn't last week. No, they can't. (laughs) So I think that might be another guy to kind of eyeball there as well. Uh, speaking of eyeballing, I'm staying away. I'm, I'm diverting my eyeballs away from these players. Overpriced running backs, Reggie Bush, $7,300 versus the Arizona Cardinals. I know he had a good game in week one. Cardinals defense much better than what he saw against the Minnesota Vikings. Then he got Marshawn Lynch at 5900 versus the ferocious 49ers. And in that same game, Frank Gore for $5,200 versus the Seattle Seahawks. It's not like I don't like those players. 
I just think for the price that he's playing, or for the price that he is, Reggie Bush, $7,300, it's just too much. Yeah, I agree. It's all Well, it's all a salary game. It's a salary cap game. And that's why they uh, get devalued a little bit, you know? I mean, Frank Gore, again, if you want to kind of compare it to the FFCPI, okay? Yeah, yeah. Frank Gore is two spots lower than Eddie Lacy on the FFCPI, okay. for example. Right. He's, Eddie Lacy's 18, Gore's 20. And then you look at the salaries, and Gore's costs, what, $1,000 more? Yeah. Than like an Eddie Lacy? Pretty cheap. Crazy. So, yeah, what I don't understand is the LaShawn McCoy one. That's a no-brainer. That's definitely the best buy at the running back position. Uh, let's go over to best buys at wide receivers. Andre Johnson had a phenomenal game in week one. He's only $6,400 versus the Titans. Wes Welker's going to get it done against the Giants. He comes in at a cost of $6,900. And Dwayne Bowe versus, Kent, uh, versus the Dallas Cowboys, $5,700 for Dwayne Bowe. I understand that he was quiet in week one, but I think he comes to play against Dallas in week two. How about Victor Cruz? $5,600 versus the Broncos. What? Deshaun Jackson, $5,100 versus the Chargers. And my absolute steal of the week, Hakeem Nix, $4,700 bucks versus the Denver Broncos. $4,700 for Hakeem Nix, Todd. What do you think about that one? <laughs> I like it. I mean, like you said earlier in the quarterback segment, the Giants are going to have to keep up with the, pack, or the Broncos somehow. Right. Here are just some of the wide receivers that are ranked ahead or that cost more than Akeem Nicks. T.Y. Hilton, 4800 Brian Hartline, Tavon Austin, James Jones from the Packers, uh, Cecil Shorts, Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown. I don't know what's going on, but Hakeem Nicks is going to be in my lineup with McCoy and, and Mike Vick. Where's Edelman? Uh, Edelman is at $5,100. Interesting. I'm clicking on his name as we speak, actually. I'm setting my lineup while we're doing this because I'm Got playing it. tonight. These guys are coming in at cheap. I'm setting my lineup, and I'm going to enter this contest. I'm going to win it. All right, so those were the best buys at wide receivers. Let's move over to the wide receivers that are a little bit overpriced this week. Roddy White comes in at $6,300. Stay away. We don't expect him to play. Steve Smith, $5,900 for the uh, Carolina Panthers as they take on the Buffalo Bills. Mike Williams from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Todd. I couldn't figure this one out, but he's $5,700 for uh, the Buccaneers versus the Saints. And then Antonio Brown, I mentioned him when I was talking about Hakeem Nix, $5,300 versus the Bengals. Yeah, none of those guys excite me at all. I'd stay clear of all those guys, no doubt. Best buy for the tight ends. We got Julius Thomas, breakout candidate in week one. I think he has a very good game against the Giants in week two. $5,100 for the Broncos tight end, Julius Thomas. Then we got our guy Jordan Cameron from the Browns. Comes at a cost of $4,100 versus the Ravens. And then the absolute steal of the week. He had two touchdowns in week one. Owen Daniels of the Houston Texans as they take on the Tennessee Titans. He'll cost you about 4000 bucks. Not bad. Bargain. Some of the overpriced tight ends that we're talking about, Jermichael Finley from the Green Bay Packers dealing with a toe injury, went to go visit a toe specialist in Minnesota this week. He comes at a price of $4,900. And Brandon Myers of the New York Giants is playing against the Denver Broncos, $4,100. And then Kyle Rudolph comes at a cost of $3,900. It's not that I don't like those players. It's just that their price doesn't match up to what I think the well, best buys are in that area. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Myers isn't a bad play, but he's the same price as Julius Thomas or Jordan Cameron. Right, and that's so, why I'm not liking him. Exactly. You know, it's a, he's. I mean, his salary 
is kind of where he probably should be, but those other guys' salaries aren't where they should be. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like Thomas and Cameron should be much higher. They should have much higher salaries. So yeah, those are those are good. I mean, eventually, Bill, some people are going to come around to Jordan Cameron. I don't know what people are waiting on. Guy had 28 fantasy points last week. Yeah, he. What is like going on here? Why aren't people giving this guy some respect? He did I, it in the preseason. He's doing it now. They have no other options. Josh Gordon's out. I guess because right? he plays against the, he plays for the Browns. I guess. Well, <laughs> take advantage, my friends. I mean, the only the only question with him moving forward is Josh Gordon when he comes back. Right. That's the only question. It might help him. Yeah, right. You never know, right? How that it might, you know, it might take a week or two to figure it out. But so, uh, so that, so there we go. That's a pretty good. Uh, there's some pretty good bargains this week. I think so. I really do. Why I mean, aren't we setting these salaries? Uh, I don't want that kind of responsibility. I want to be able to play. You want to be able to feed off of the mistakes. LaShawn McCoy for sixty three hundred dollars is crazy money. Is crazy. Like that's you're robbing them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean that's crazy. Uh, and then Vic only had fifty eight fifty seven hundred bucks for a quarterback? I guess the Chargers. Yeah. I d I don't play that one. You know, they're not playing the you know, Seahawks. Right. Uh, I don't know. It's against the Chargers who blew a twenty one point lead on Monday night. Yeah. That to me is just I I don't get it. But DraftKings.com again, three million dollars in prizes, the biggest fantasy football contest in History, Todd. Uh, we're playing in it. We're participating. The winner gets a million dollars. That's life-changing money. You won't hear me on the radio if I win that contest. There's serious money to be won here this week. Seriously, if, it, if the audience doesn't jump on this this week, because you never know. They, this, you know how there's market corrections on the stock market? Right, right. And then eventually it kind of evens out and it's kind of even playing field. You never know. They might start uh, you know, revamping these salaries next week. Making it a lot more difficult this week. I would get in on this action quickly. Yeah, you got to get in before. How it was fills Vic? Up. How was Vic? Fifty-seven hundred. I don't. I don't understand it. I don't. I don't. Good I don't, for us. I don't. Good get for that. the audience. I don't get that. Uh, what do you say we get to some emails, uh, Todd? We're trying to help as many people out with their fantasy football lineups for Week Two. Uh, Andrew from Cali's in a twelve-team league, six points for a passing touchdown. Who does he start, Todd? Russell Wilson or Philip Rivers? Russell Wilson or Philip Rivers? Wow, Rivers. Um, we have them fifteen and sixteen on the FFCPI. Yeah, right next to each other. I'm going to go Rivers, only because I have zero faith in the Eagles' defense. <laughs> okay, and I think that people are going to come around to that. I mean, the first half of that Washington Redskins game, Bill, was so weird. It really was weird. There were a lot of weird plays. A lot of turnovers, and the Eagles' defense didn't have to do a whole lot in that first half. You saw what happened when they had to start doing stuff. They couldn't stop anything. So I I, I don't think Russell Wilson's going to be a complete bust this week against the Niners, but I think Rivers might – he might throw for 250 and two or three touchdowns this week. I'm going to go with Phillip Rivers, too, only because I think the it's going to be a very low-scoring game with the Seahawks and the Niners. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game with the Eagles and the Chargers. Remember, we talked about it earlier in the show. The the Seahawks crushed the Niners at home last week, 42-13. Yep. But the first three touchdowns were Marshawn Lynch running, Marshawn Lynch running, and defensive special team score. Okay? So it wasn't like Russell Wilson ate him up in that first quarter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, 
Let me look at his stats real quick before we move on. Russell Wilson. Well, he had four touchdown passes last year in that game. Never mind. <laughs> he had 171 yards, four touchdown passes. 171 yards. You can't rely on those four touchdowns again. Although the 49ers defense, their weakness is their pasty. Yeah. I'm looking here. One of those touchdowns from Marshawn was a pass. That's where I got it messed right. up. Uh, I'm still yeah, going I'm, with Rivers. I'm, I think Rivers is safer against the Eagles. Uh, we have an email from Chris. He's asking about a trade. If someone in his league, Todd, is willing to trade Roddy White, what kind of a receiver would you send off your team to get Roddy White in return at this point? <sighs> See, these kind of deals don't make sense to me. Like, why would someone get rid of Roddy White for another receiver right away? It, it seems when these kind of deals go in my league, they go down in my league, they're package deals, you know? It's a running back and a wide receiver right. for someone else's running back and wide receiver. Right, and right. Roddy's a part of the mix. One for one, I mean, the guy must be it's, – it's week two, and the guy getting rid of Roddy is so hard up that he needs another wide receiver to start right now. He's, in the, he's hitting that panic button. Uh, well, to answer his question, Bill, who, who, who would it be? I mean, I don't know. Edelman? Uh, I guess. I mean, Edelman is – got to find someone that's hot. And it's going to have near-term success, but you're not sure about his long-term. Right. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm Edelman, try, I'm to look Colston. At our, I'm trying to look at our rest of the way rankings. That's kind of... How about, like, Colston? I don't know if I'd give up Colston for Roddy White at this point. Torrey Smith? Yeah, I'd give up Torrey Smith. I'd give up... Uh, How about Decker? I'd give up Decker. I wouldn't give up Bo. I wouldn't give up Jordy Nelson. Uh, I'd, I'd give up Mike Wallace. I'd probably give up Steve Smith from the Panthers. But that's probably where I'm drawing the line. Okay. Decker, Mike Wallace, and uh, that might be it. You know, Edelman. Torrey cause, Smith. Because he's hot. Edelman. And Torrey Smith, right. Okay. Mike Wallace. Okay. But it's I too early to be traded. I, I, don't, I, don't, I agree. I totally I agree. Get I wouldn't make the move just to make the move. Uh, if, you're, if you're set at wide receiver then just stay set at wide receiver. No point in taking on an injured player, even though he could come alive in a couple weeks. All right, got it. All right, Cod, as always, it is time to bring on our good friend, Kerry Byrne from coldhardfootballfacts.com, who is joining us on the Football Nation Hotline. What's going on, Kerry? You excited for week two? Of course I am, Billy. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm up at Gillette. I think we're going to be hanging out sometime uh, this week. Am I right? I believe so. Glad you're in town here. The, 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 mother, the motherland. The motherland. The motherland. You know, this, this is where it all began, where we speak the King's English still. You know, the, the people don't know this, but football was born in Boston. It used to be called the Boston game. Long tradition here of football. And uh, so something to be proud of if you're a football fan in New England. All right, Carrie. So what do we have in store for week two? We know the Jets and the Patriots are playing Thursday night football, but let's move past that game. We know all about the Jets and the Patriots. The Patriots are a 12-point favorite. Let's talk about some of the other games this week. Based on your quality stats, which are the games that you're really looking forward to? Well, obviously, from my perspective, and I think a lot of fans' perspective, and, and more importantly, the perspective of the cold hard football fact, uh, San Francisco-Seattle. Sunday night. I mean, this is, you know, the way we put it in a real and spectacular pick at Cold Heart Football Facts Insider. We believe the Super Bowl will be won by the NFC champion. We believe the NFC title tilt will come down to the team that wins the NFC West. And the team that dominates 49ers Seahawks 
will likely win that rough and tumble division. In other words, 49ers Seahawks this year will probably be the most important battle in football. Wow. That's uh, quite the statement. Well, you know, listen, these were, uh, you know, two statistical powerhouses last year. The Seahawks actually, uh, you know, did, did a lot of things right. We, we talked to the Seahawks last week, I know. They did, besides having a great defense and a great young quarterback, guys, they were also the smartest team in football, according to our intelligence index. A great new way we're breaking down teams uh, against the spread at Cold Hot Football Facts Insider. Uh, smart teams win against the spread almost 70% of the time. Dumb teams lose against the spread about 70% of the time. Uh, if, you, if you use our intelligence index, our measure of all teams in situational football uh, as a guide, that's a, that's a pretty great indicator. Seattle uh, has been very good in that under, under Pete Carroll, and, and so in, in the 49ers have been very good in terms of team intelligence, in terms of playing well in situational football under Jim Harbaugh, and that's above and beyond being the physically gifted teams that they are. These are talented teams, guys, that play smart, fundamental football, and I think either one of these teams could win the Super Bowl. Now, Kerry, when you take a look at their quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick, both of them have the ability to rush the football. We know that they can move, make plays with their feet. When you're looking at your real quarterback rating, how does a uh, quarterback's ability to run, make plays not only with his arm, but you know, run around the field and pick up some yards, how does that factor into your real quarterback rating? Well, here's why it's, here's why it's important. What, what happens is real quarterback rating measures all aspects of quarterback and play. Passing, as well as rushing, rushing touchdowns, fumble, sacks. When people talk about a quarterback, they almost always talk about just their passing ability. Passer rating, yards per attempt, passing yards, passing touchdowns. There's a lot more to quarterbacking, guys, than just passing the football. Right. And what happens statistically, when you look only at passing to measure a quarterback, you're ignoring much of the game. You're ignoring his ability to scramble, his ability to avoid sacks, his ability to hold on to the football in the pocket, his ability to rush from touchdowns. All of that is ignored by every other measure of quarterbacking play. That's why we have real quarterback rating, because we want to know how well is a quarterback playing in all phases of the game. And what we found is that it really has such an incredibly high correlation of success on the football field. If you're better in real quarterback rating, you win almost every single game. That's how important that position is. By the way, the 49ers enter, enter, uh, enter week two, number two, Colin Kaepernick, number two in real quarterback rating. Uh, Russell Wilson, number 11, not, you know, not bad. You know, I expect him to climb a little bit. Uh, he didn't have his best day against Carolina, but still pretty good. I mean, these are two guys who were going – to be leaders of real quarterback rating right to the very end. And Kerry, the real quarterback rating, you know, there's a four-letter network out there that kind of came up with their own version of this. Boo. Yep. Right? Yep. And you went head-to-head with them last year and proved the dominance of your real real quarterback rating. Why don't you tell the listening audience how your stat stacked up with ESPN's total quarterback rating in week one? Well, here's, here's the main difference, okay? Uh, total, the ESPN calls it total quarterback rating. We came out, by the way, we came out with our indicators at the same time. We were working on ours when they were working on theirs and uh, just happened to come out at the same time. Just coincidental. What, what, what the ESPN version does, they have guys sitting in a, in a dark room looking at film, deciding who gets credit and blame for various plays, which, which, we, which is fine if that's what you want to look at, but that's, that's that's fraudulent in a certain way because, as we like to point out, the scoreboard doesn't care who gets credit or blame. It's a team 
real quarterback rating is a pure actual statistic independent of judgment by the human eye. And what we find, more importantly, is that uh, our real quarterback rating has a much higher what we call correlation to victory. You are more likely to win a game if you're high in our real quarterback rating than you are in the, in the ESPN version. And just a case in point, uh, this week, and we have a guy covering real quarterback rating for us each week, Sean Church, the top 13 teams in, in the ESPN version this week went 6-7. and seven. That's not a particularly great stat. If, you know, the top 13 teams are, are below 500, the top, the top 13 in our, uh, in our real quarterback rating went 9-4, and four, which is actually bad for the indicator. There are weeks, guys. And we track it every week at Cold Heart Football Facts Insider. We call it Correlation to Victory. We track the correlation to victory of every single stat each week. There are weeks where the top 16 teams in football and real quarterback rating go 16-0. and 0. Wow. It works like clockwork. And that, that's what I think makes our real quarterback rating superior to any other indicator out there. So if, you, if you're betting on games this weekend, Bill, okay? Yeah. yeah. And you only have a few minutes to go to Cold Hard and check out Insider, and there's one indicator that you need to look at. It's this one. It's the real quarterback rating. Yep. And, Kerry, it's only going to get more accurate as the season goes on, correct? Yeah, and, and what, we, what we find, you know, obviously, you know, what makes the NFL exciting, right, guys? We really don't know what's going to happen week in and week out, right? Let alone, I mean, season to season. So a lot of things we, that were true at the end of 2012 – are not going to be true at, true at the start of 2013, right? I mean, you know, there's 30% turnover on a lot of franchises, right? There's new quarterbacks, new coaches, new players. It just teams change dramatically uh, week in and week out. So early on, uh, you know, your stats are trying to find a bearing. But after a couple of weeks, our, our indicators become pretty solid ways to, to measure, you know, become more statistically valid is the way we put it, Todd. And the reason we know that is because our picks have against the spread get better week in and week out. I mean, it's simple as that. We, you know, we perform much better late in the year uh, than we do earlier in the year because our, our numbers are more statistically valid. They're more likely to separate winners from losers. Right. Uh, most importantly, against the spread. And, and if I can throw out some numbers to you, okay? Spit them out, Carrie. Spit uh, them out. Historically, we hit 53% against the spread in the first half of the season. That, that's, 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 that's holding your own, right? That's holding your own. You're not losing. You're holding your own. You're not losing money. The second half of the season, we get, we get much closer to 60% against the spread. In the last two weeks of the season, we're 62% against the spread. From week 16 through the Super Bowl, we're 62% against the spread. In the past four postseasons, we're 64% against the spread. Just proof, step by step by step, our numbers grow more valid, and our ability to pick games against the spread grow more valid. You know, other people out there, are just, people are guessing. We're not guessing. We're using statistically proven parameters to separate winners and losers. And what's a very tough against-the-spread market? Because let's face it, the point spread, guys, is nothing but an imaginary number that's made up. It's really, you're, you're, if, you're, if you're trying to pick games against the spread, you're, you're kind of betting against an arbitrary, what's, at the end of the day, an arbitrary imaginary number intended to get money on each side. So uh, you really need to be statistically disciplined. You need to know what numbers to look at to find advantages in, in that marketplace. Kerry, when you, when you take a look at what happened in week one, I, I love the intelligence index because I love hearing you say that some teams are just stupid. Yep. Who are the most stupid teams right now in the NFL? Well, you know, it's it, no surprise that, that Jacksonville emerged as, uh, as the dumbest team in football in, in week one. They were one of the dumbest teams in football uh, last season. 
What's remarkable, though, is that Kansas City, and, and what, 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 what we mean by smart and dumb, Bill, smart teams play very well in situational football. Dumb teams play poorly in situational football. And we have a number, a very easy-to-understand number, that quantifies who's playing smartly and who's playing stupidly, okay? okay. And we rank the teams accordingly. The thing that's really disturbing if you're the Jaguars is that Kansas City was actually 32nd last season on the intelligence index. Ugh. And yet, after beating up the Jaguars, they did the way they did in Week One. Kansas City is now number one on the intelligence wow. index after one game. Wow. Clearly, a lot of football to be played. It's not going to end up that way. But uh, if you're looking for how the team's going to perform with a new coach and a new quarterback, are they going to be a better team, a better, more well-coached team? Right now, the indication for Kansas City is yeah. So I'll run. I'll run through. And, and here's the critical part: smart teams they very are very strong bets against the spread. Dumb teams are very bad bets. In fact, the 10 smartest teams in football in week one went 9-1 and one against the spread guys. Wow. I don't think, you know, that's, <laughs> that's pretty can you, damn good. Can you, can you run through the 10? Can you run? Factors Carrie, can you run? People don't look at. They're not looking at team intelligence. And we are uh, the five stupidest teams, uh, the Giants, we, you know, we saw all those turnovers, right? Right. Pittsburgh, Oakland, a traditionally dumb team. Cleveland, a traditionally dumb team. And Jacksonville, a traditionally dumb team. So there's, there's your bottom five. Kerry, uh, can you run through the ten smartest teams real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, number one, as I mentioned, Kansas City. Miami, a bit of a surprise. Uh, Indianapolis. And obviously these are the inverse because it's week one. There's only one game played. The top is the inverse of the bottom. You know, that'll change next week. But So Kansas City, Miami, Indianapolis, Tennessee, Dallas. I will tell you that four of those Tennessee. The How did won. Tennessee crack the top ten? Because they because they they made Pittsburgh play the Pittsburgh play terribly. Yeah, that's why. Like I said, this will change. I Tennessee will not be there in a couple weeks. Now, like we said, our stats go more valid the more games we get under our belt. So this is an example. I Kansas City has a chance to to, to rank very highly based on what I saw in Week One. Uh, Miami does not. Indianapolis does not. Tennessee does not. Dallas has historically not been very bright. Buffalo played very efficiently, ended up blowing the game. San Diego played efficiently, ended up blowing the game. Denver, number eight. Seattle, number nine. New Orleans, number ten. I can tell you, Denver will be in the top ten, uh, the top five. Seattle will be in the top five. Yeah. New Orleans will probably be in the top five within the next couple weeks. So just keep an eye out on that intelligence index at Cold Heart Insider because it, it will help you pick winners against the spread, period. All right, Carrie, this is my favorite part of the week because I get these little alerts. You can set up uh, on Football Nation and Cold Hard Football Facts to get an alert anytime your favorite authors post anything. Yep. And I get these alerts that say, Carrie Byrne has posted a new article, and it's a real and spectacular pick. And you have a real and spectacular pick for every game every week at Cold Hard Insider. So, Carrie, with all these spectacular and real and spectacular picks – which is the one that you want to put your butt on the line with this week? What's your best pick of the week? Well, one I'm really looking at, guys, uh, the Saints are a three-point favorite at Tampa Bay. Nice. I think the Saints are, you know, they were they were exiled into, you know, they were, they were put on the NFL equivalent of a death penalty last season by yeah. by the gridiron godfather, as we call him, Roger Goodell. He, like, he likes to whack anyone across the them. So we call Roger Goodell the gridiron godfather. The Saints were a very, very stellar offensive team last year, mired with one of the worst defenses in football history. Not just one of the worst last year, but the worst in NFL history. Uh, that defense will go a hell of a lot better, guys, uh, against, a, against a very good Atlanta Falcons team. 
in week one. In fact, right now the Saints have to, again, after one game, but after one game against a very good Falcons team, they're number seven in defensive efficiency. They're number 10 in what we call a defensive rusher rating. They're number 14 on our defensive hog index, our measure of every defensive front. Uh, number 19 in defensive passer rating. Not spectacular numbers, but a spectacular improvement over last year. If that Saints defense can, can be only a mediocre defense, paired with the epic uh, production of Drew Brees, this is going to be a dangerous team that can win the NFC South. Uh, not only that, Tampa Bay struggled badly last week against Geno Smith and, and the New York Jets, losing that game, you yeah. know, a game of, quite frankly, they should have they won. Uh, I think New Orleans can, can beat up Tampa Bay and, and beat them up pretty good on, on Sunday. I like that pick. And they're only a three, they're only, and the Saints are you know, a road favorite, but only a three-point road favorite. I think I just like I like the I like what I see coming together in that contest. So the New Orleans Saints take the money and bet your house. Well, I'm not going to tell you what to do. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what we think will happen. <laughs> I, I I agree with that. I'm going to follow your lead there, Kerry. You know, people come to us for fantasy football advice. They come to you for advice on making picks. Yeah. Hey, by the way, just one other thing on the on the on the on the Saints uh, Buccaneers. Uh, the the Saints won the won the season series last last year by a combined score of 76 to 28. Not only that, I, we talked about how bad the Saints defense was last year. In fact, the worst, the first defense in NFL history to give up more than 7,000 yards in a season. They pitched a shutout, 41 to nothing, over the Buccaneers. In, in week wow. Season. So uh, this is not a good matchup for Tampa Bay. And just uh, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a betting man, I'm one. I'm going to go to Cold Hard Football Facts Insider, become an insider, and get our real and spectacular pick for every single game every week. Uh, and then what I do, I'm going to take a good hard look at that Saints Buccaneers game. Kerry, thanks for stopping by. Enjoy week two, and I'm and I'm taking the Saints big time. I, I like the stats that you just uh, spit out there. So the Saints are the big time pick of the week from ColdHardFootballFacts.com. Kerry, we always appreciate it. And uh, have some fun in week two. All right, guys. Keep up the good work. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. I like that one, Bill. You think, Saints at Bucks. You think about how the Bucks lost last week with the penalty at the end of the game. They they pushed Geno Smith uh, when he was already out of bounds, and they moved the Jets up to get the field goal. You kind of think that that stuff doesn't happen by accident. They're a dumb team. They're a stupid team. And that intelligence index is pretty powerful. But for Kerry to spit out all the stats that are in the Saints' favor – I'm uh, I'm all over that game. You know the Buccaneers, it, it, Greg Schiano. Just remembering him from the co- his college days, he likes to win those grinding out type games, right? And I think that's what he was trying to do last week. Yeah, was just kind of out grind the Jets, right? Backfire. They had a stupid penalty at the end. Yep. And you know Smith played a little better than we thought. Let's be honest. But um, I think the Saints get them out of their element. They get them out of their comfort zone. And God help the Bucks if the Saints get up a couple scores. It yeah, can get they, ugly. They can't. Ugly really they fast. can't come back. I mean, no, it, it gets them out of their run game. It gets yep. them out of their play action. It exactly. gets them out of all that stuff. Uh, so if the Saints and you know the Saints were kind of held in check offensively a little last week, I think that they're going to have a much big, a much bigger, much better showing offensively this week. And I don't think the Bucks can keep up. And I think that that three points is a good bet. All right, we're going to take a break here on Football Nation. When we return, we're going to dive into some more of your emails, uh, fantasy football lineups, plus big-time game in college football. We got Alabama versus Texas A&M rematch of last year's game. We're looking forward to that one. More Football Nation coming up right after this. Headlines, stats, fantasy previews, and more right here on Football Nation. Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. 
No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, you draft a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won 100 grand in his very first football contest. $100,000 the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Promo code CHAMPS. Good luck. ColdHardFootballFacts.com Insider will change the way you look at the game of pro football with our groundbreaking quality stats. These are stats that have direct correlation to winning football games. The proof is in our performance at Cold Hard Football Facts Insider. We analyze every team and pick every game every week straight up and against the spread. Cold Hard Football Facts Insiders have gone 500 or better against the spread in an incredible 72% of weeks since the start of the 2009 season. Visit coldhardfootballfacts.com, click CHFF Insider, and uncover the statistical secrets that separate winners from losers in NFL games. The proof is in our performance. Become a Cold Hard Football Facts Insider today at coldhardfootballfacts.com. Win your fantasy league and your trophy too. It's FF Champs, FF Champs for you. News advice, rankings, and expert advice too. FF Champs is for you. FFChamps.com, ensuring you win from draft to playoffs. FFChamps.com, extraordinary results for fantasy football dominance. FootballNation.com is all football all the time. It's a one-stop shop for diehard football fans to get their football fix. NFL, college football, fantasy football, news, analysis, videos, articles, and podcasts. You'll find it all on FootballNation.com. It's a great place to interact with thousands of hardcore, passionate NFL, college, and fantasy football fans. Want to get in the game? The Football Nation community gives hardcore fans the power to share their opinions, views, passions, photos, gripes, stats, or analysis. FN has the biggest network of user contributors dedicated solely to covering football. Join our team today and instantly launch your own team, player, or fantasy football column or blog. Build your own personal brand and following with your Football Nation portfolio of content. If you love football, you belong on FootballNation.com. Simply sign up for free at FootballNation.com and become a citizen of Football Nation today. Todd DeVries and Bill Enright bring you the latest trends from the NFL on Football Nation. Ah, Football Nation has returned, Todd, and we can get into some fantasy football advice. Uh, 85, uh, what the heck's the phone number here? 855-478-7030. I was so flustered because the phone lines weren't working in the middle of the show. Uh, radio at footballnation.com is our email address. But what do you say we talk, take a minute here, Todd, talk about this Alabama versus Texas A&M game, probably the biggest game of the year. Oh, it's the most anticipated game of the year, that's for sure, Bill. I mean, last year, you know, Johnny Manziel kind of burst onto the scene, but he cemented his Heisman status by beating Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Big game. 
and he had the signature. He it's it all when you win, when you want to win the Heisman, Bill, you got to have the signature game, check, right? Yeah, you got to have a signature play at some point. Check, check. He had the game where he kind of fumbled it and he picked it up and he kept going and threw yeah. a touchdown pass. It all happened, and and let's be honest, at that point in time, we didn't really know much about Johnny Manziel. Right. We just kind of were like, wow, this kid's pretty good. And you're like, wow, this guy's really good. But then we started to learn about his off-the-field antics, right? Love it. <laughs> yeah, we you know, I love it. I, I'm, I don't hate on Johnny Manziel. I love it. I think it's I, awesome. I hear you. But my point is is that you get through the season, you take the whole offseason, he's all over the place making headlines, good and bad. People start to get to know him. A lot of people, you know how it is in the media, people like to build you up and they like to break you down. Yep. And we are currently, from a national perspective, in breakdown mode, right? People are trying to find every single flaw in Johnny Manziel, and they're rooting against him. You even saw Charles Barkley. Did you see Charles Barkley yesterday? Yeah. He comes out and says that uh, you know Johnny Manziel's a punk, and I'm rooting for Bama. You know, Tom Brady called him a turd. Yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> people, people. He's a lightning rod. It sure so is. Here, so here we go. Johnny Manziel, there was a time this August we thought he was going to be suspended for probably the season. And got he escaped for two quarters. He got suspended for a 30-minute timeout. Hey, sit in the corner, take a timeout, Johnny. Yeah. You know, that's all it was. Here we go. So now the game's at home for Johnny. It's in College Station. Big Tough time. place to play. Yeah, sure. They're the original home of the 12th man before Seattle okay. claimed it. Tough place to play. Here's the here's the the deal though, Bama had a bye week to prepare. Uh oh. So they had the whole off season to prepare. Let's be honest. But then you give them a bye week. Last year, Bama came off a tough game against LSU and had to turn around and play Texas A and M the next week. Got caught with their pants down a little bit, right? A and M jumped out to a huge start. Bama came back, but just couldn't couldn't come back in a, all the way, you know. And Johnny Menzel, you know, is running around on the on the sideline celebrating. You can bet that they are not going to let that happen again, Bill. I think Bama is going to bring the lumber this week. Two, 253 yards, two touchdowns. He was 24 of 31 last year. Do you think he improves on those numbers, or they take a decline? Uh, the numbers don't matter. Okay. Unless you want to talk fantasy football, college fantasy. The numbers, I'm not worried about the numbers. I, I just don't think he's going to – I just don't think he's going to produce uh, enough. I think that the, the Texas A&M defense, Bill, is t- pretty terrible. If you've been watching him, right. that's the dirty little secret here. Right. So I think Johnny, if you want to talk about Johnny Menzel, I don't think he's going to flop. I think he'll do okay. And I think that they might get to 20 points. Yeah. A&M. But Bama is going to score 30 plus in this one. I mean, you saw the last couple of weeks, um, Texas A&M against Rice, Bill, in the opener, gave up a bunch of points. To Rice. Rice Rice Aroni. And then you come back. They come back last week and kind of slept walk through their game last week as well. Right. So I think that Alabama's licking their chops. I think T.J. Yeldon is going to have a big game as you know, he's the running back for Alabama. Sure. I think Amari Cooper is going to catch a few long balls over the top. All American wide receiver. Yeah, and I think A.J. McCarron is going to pick apart the defense, and uh, the rest will be history. I don't think A&M wins this one. The last two weeks, Bill. A&M gave up 31 points to Rice and 28 to Sam Houston State. Oh, man. Talk about a collapse on defense. They're giving up 30 points a game to those two teams. Now, Bama, you know, isn't exactly, you know, a a run-and-shoot juggernaut type offense. Right. 
But they got plenty of playmakers. You think our girl Catherine Webb's going to be there? AJ McCarron's girlfriend, the quarterback ah, from Bama? Perhaps. Now, here at Football Nation, we have it all, Todd. We have NFL, fantasy football. We love the college football. You can find it all on footballnation.com. But your expertise is really the college fantasy football game. That's why last year we hit on guys like Doug Martin and RG3 and Andrew Luck and Trent Richardson and T.Y. Hill and, and the list goes on and on and on because you've been following them since they were freshmen in college. So if you're into college football, Todd DeVries on Twitter at CFFGeek. His website is collegefootballgeek.com. You can't miss it. Great, great stuff. Uh, great content, great advice, everything got going on over there. Well, last year, if you if you want to talk college fantasy for just a second, Manziel put up 27 fantasy points on Bama last year. There you go. 27. That's pretty. That's one of his lowest outputs of the year, but still pretty solid. It was against the best defense in the country, too. Yeah, 250 passing yards, two touchdowns, as you mentioned. 92 rushing yards, no touchdowns, but 92 rushing yards. See, I don't think he gets the 92 rushing yards this year. Okay. I don't think it happens. I think he's going to probably still score. I'm not. I'm not advising you sit him. From a fantasy perspective, but uh, you know you just can't expect him to put up the 38. You know, last week he had 37 fantasy points. Bill, you know he's just not going to do that this week. We're getting some questions on Twitter about NFL fantasy football. Todd, let's do uh, it. Kalen T underscore wants to know Jared Cook or Jordan Cameron. Cook. I'm going with Cook too. We like what we saw from Cameron, but he's playing against the Ravens this week. How about JD Boy, Nuke Hopkins, or Harry Douglas? Harry Douglas obviously would be the replacement for Roddy Sneaky. White. Sneaky. Sneaky. Yeah, I like that play. Uh, Hopkins. All right, DeAndre Hopkins. What do you say we move over to uh, one more Twitter question, Todd? SJA, Sean J. Ataro on Twitter. Colin Kaepernick or Tony Romo? Wow. That one's a little tough. Colin Kaepernick or Tony Romo? Kaepernick's playing against the Seahawks. Tony Romo taking on the Chiefs. Kaepernick's my guy. I'm playing him. You know, I'm with you there. I think Tony Romo, the injury to the ribs, is a little bit more serious than the Dallas Cowboys are letting on right now. Let's see how he plays. The Chiefs have a pretty good secondary. You have a great option with Colin Kaepernick. Leave him in your lineup. I think Kaepernick's he only rushed for 22 yards last week. I think that number goes up this, this can, week. Can you really sit a guy that just uh, passed for over 400 yards the previous week? No. Can't do it. Just can't do it, Captain. Don't have the power. I, Let's I go think, to yeah. yeah. I think he's going to I just think he's going to have 40, 50, 60 rushing yards this week. All right, I'm down with that cause. Uh Matt in Connecticut is on the line. He has a tight end question. What's going on, Matt? How can we help you today? How you doing? Doing all right, man. So I got I kinda got two questions if you got if you got time for. I I picked up Julius Thomas Good move. as a tight end, but I have Olsen as well. Um, so I don't know if I should start I, I also have a flex option too and I'm in a half point PPR. So I don't know if I should start top maybe start Olsen and put Julius in the flex. But I mean I have options for the flex too. I got Cecil Short, you know, Sean Moreno or Lamar Miller. Kinda hesitant with Miller though, because he hasn't really done anything yet. Todd, let's start off just for the tight end spot. Are we going with Thomas or, or Olsen? Thomas. All right, I agree there. So let's now so let me look, ask you now real let's quick. Look I, have, at, yeah. I have Demarius Thomas as my wide receiver. That doesn't, doesn't make matter. a difference. That dude doesn't okay. make a difference to me. I mean, did you see Peyton Manning last week? He had seven touchdowns. Yeah, did, yeah he was on fire. Would, would that have hurt you last week to have both of them in your lineup? No. No. So I don't expect it to hurt you this week. Uh, for, the t- for the flex spot now, Greg Olsen, Cecil Shorts, Lamar Miller, and there was one other option I'm forgetting. 
No Sean Moreno. No Sean Moreno. No show Moreno is what we like to call him at FFChamps.com because whenever you rely on him, he's a no-show. Doesn't show up to play. So we're going to leave him out of this equation. Lamar Miller, Cecil Shorts, or Greg Olson, Todd? That's not an easy call. Half-point PPR, Bill. I'm not going to go with the tight end here. I'm either playing Cecil Shorts now that Chad Henney's going to be under center for the Jags or I'm going to stick with Lamar Miller. I'm not ready to jump ship on him just yet. Cecil Shorts last week, bad outing, three catches, but he had 11 targets. They have to throw the ball to somebody. Yeah. Justin Blackman's still suspended for another three games. Ace Sanders is a rookie. MJD out of the backfield. I'm relying on Cecil Shorts in a, in a few of my leagues as my wide receiver three. No problem putting him in as a flex Against above uh, against over uh, Greg Olson. It's a great matchup. Right, it's Oakland, and again, the thing that jumps out at me is he did have eleven targets. Built. It's not like he had five targets, three catches. He had eleven and, and three. That's a bad batting average. But if he gets eleven targets this week, he's probably going to catch six or seven of them. You got to figure that eleven of those targets, maybe eight of them were poorly thrown because Blaine Gabbert was behind the pass. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> so now that Chad Henney's there, I think he's going to do much better. I think, you know, yeah. I mean, again, Henney's not some sort of fantasy savior, but he might save Cecil Shorts for right. us. And MJD, hopefully. Matt, hopefully. our answer is to go with Julius Thomas at tight end and then Cecil Shorts in your flex. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Best of luck to you. A lot of tight end questions coming in, Todd, and I think because the way we saw Jordan Cameron play, Julius Thomas play, uh, Jared Cook play, I think it yeah. shook up things Changing a little the guard. Bit. Yeah, sure. It's a little changing of the guard, and that's a good thing. You know, there's three tight ends that were sleepers that all panned out so far, and that's a good thing. Uh, we have a question from Dan Perry. That's Perry04, one of our homeboys at FFChamps.com. He's in the non PPR league. Needs to start a receiver, Anquan Bolden or Mike Wallace, Todd? Bolden. Yeah, you have to go Bolden, regardless of the non PPR format. Uh, the Seahawks against Bolden doesn't scare me. He's still going to have to get his. We're expecting Richard Sherman on him. But Bolden's still the guy to grab. He's still the uh, guy to start. Yeah. And, and, I mean, Mike Wallace, you know, terrible outing in week one. Bolden, it, it, the matchup isn't great, but I'm going Bolden. Uh, another email uh, from, let's see who this one's from, Lou, Catch22. Hey, guys, love the show. Need help at tight end. He has Brandon Pettigrew, but the following players are available on free agency. Kellen Winslow, uh, Dwayne Allen, Colby Fleener, Zach Miller. What do you what? think, Todd? Not very How good. How deep eye. is this league? It's a twelve-team league. It seems like he has uh, f- five bench spots. Ugh. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not crazy about any of these tight ends. I mean, I guess Winslow over Pettigrew. Yeah, Winslow over Pettigrew is not bad. It's too bad that we don't know more about Dwayne Allen's injury because if Allen was out, Kobe Fleener would become a pretty good play. That's true. Not real excited about any of those options, but. I mean, how how does he wind up? Is that his first tight end, Pettigrew? Yeah, that's what he says. Wow, he missed the boat, buddy. He missed the boat on all the sleepers, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> uh, sh- who should he play at his backup running back spot? Okay, um, Ben Tate or Levy uh, and Alfonso Smith from the uh, from the Cardinals. Like a a Smith is what he writes in the email. I'm supposed to. I got to figure out the 1,500 players in the NFL who he's talking about. A Smith. I'm I'm assuming he's talking about the Cardinals running backs, Alfonso Smith, right? Isn't that his name? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the second or third string running back on the Cardinals. Like, uh, I know, I know. My knowledge is power. So so what's his question, Smith or Tate? Yeah. Tate. Because he's got Shane Vereen. He's got Le'Veon Bell. Neither of them are playing. Tate. 
Yeah, Ben Tate. I'm a little bit worried about this team. Catch-22, Lou, yeah, you got to do a little bit of a better job. I appreciate the support listening to the show. Love your wide receivers, A.J. Green, Julio Jones. Love your running back, Doug Martin. The tight end needs some help, and so does your backup running back. Yeah, that's uh, slim pickings there. Uh, let's go to our friend Mad Dog is in a 14-team league, Tog. Pick one of these wide receivers, Torrey Smith or Mike Wallace? Torrey Smith. Tight end, Jermaine Gresham, Brandon Pettigrew, or Zach Ertz? Or oh. Dallas Clark? Pettigrew, Ertz. Gresham, Dallas Clark. Uh, uh, Selleck. I, Gresham? Yeah, I kind of like Gresham this week, too. Uh, one for the flex, Lamar Miller or Dwayne Bowe? Oh, oh, oh. Did, he say, did he say Selleck? Yeah, Selleck. I'm going Selleck. Going Selleck over uh, Gresham? Yeah. All right, I like that move. San Diego had some trouble stopping Owen Daniels in Week One, so I like the Selleck pickup. Selleck's a big—he's a big play guy. He's not going to catch a bunch, but right. you know, as long as Vic is healthy, you can run Selleck up the seam there. He's got a chance for a big play. How about in the flex, Lamar Miller or Dwayne Bow? It's a half a point PPR, Todd. Bow. I like Dwayne Bow this week against the Cowboys. A lot of people are upset with Dwayne Bow. I don't understand why the Kansas City Chiefs. They stopped throwing the ball in the second half because they were up 28-2 to two on the Jaguars. Yeah people, yeah. people have to sometimes look at the game, watch the game, and, and figure out why players aren't producing. Not enough people do Did that. Did you watch Dwayne Bowe last year, Bill? Yeah, yeah, I liked him when he had a... Uh... He had 200-yard games the first four weeks, and he, he didn't eclipse uh, eight fantasy points the rest of the year. And not, not his sure. his quarterbacks were terrible, Todd. That was when uh, Brady Quinn and, and I know sh- sh- Tyler Palco Bill, were under center. I'm giving you the people. Here's the people's thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Bo was a bust last year. Yeah, major bust. His quarterback sucked. Bo he's got a better coach. He's got a better quarterback this year. Bo was un- he he was a bust. Everyone had him making a huge rebound with Andy Reid and Alex Smith. And week one, he didn't do it. That's why people are upset. Uh, so we're going with Dwayne Bowe over Lamar Miller. Pick one of these quarterbacks, Todd, uh, for Mad Dog. Cam Newton or Tony Romo? Cam Newton. Yeah. Against Buffalo. I like Cam, too. Deshaun Jackson or Julian Edelman at the wide receiver spot? PPR? Uh, yes, it is. Half point. Edelman. Joyke Bell, Dwayne Bowe, or Mike Wallace at flex? Bell, Bowe, or who? Uh, Mike Wallace. PPR? Half point. Same team, same guy. All right. What do you think on that one? Uh, I like Dwayne Bowe, too, against the Cowboys. I really do. I do. Okay. Well, I'm I'm eliminating Wiles. It's either Joyke or Bowe. I'd leave in Bowe. I think Bowe's going to get some more action. Go Bowe. Bowe knows. Uh, Pick three of these uh, wide receivers to start. Again, Lou from Catch-22. Randall Cobb, Dwayne Bowe, Cecil Shorts, Kembrell Tompkins, Ruben Randall. Cobb, Bowe, or in. So pick pick, uh, one of these guys. Shorts, Tompkins, or Randall. Shorts is a safer play. Yeah. I'm not going Randall. I'm not going Randall. If you want to go big or you know, big boom bust, go Tompkins, but I think Shorts is the safe play. Yeah, I would go with Shorts too. Uh, we have an email from Rob Parkman. Very, very vague email, Todd. Literally Uh-oh. the words are, I have both Shane Vereen and Amendola. What should I do with them? Question mark, exclamation point. Thanks. Sent from his iPhone. Okay. Well, not not, a, not going on a whole <laughs> lot there. If you have an IR spot, I'm going to give him a vague answer then. If you have an IR spot, you put Vereen in the IR spot. If you don't have an IR spot and you don't have a lot of roster room, dump Vereen. Okay. If you have a big roster like I have in one of my leagues, keep Vereen. Right. Amendola, you got to hang on and hope for the best. You can't dump Amendola. 
All right. Amendola's okay. probably not playing tonight, so if that's part of his question, well, he's probably not playing tonight, so you've got to get him out of your lineup, but right. I'm not dumping, you can't dump Amendola. And, and we don't know who he has available on the waiver wire because he didn't tell us, so. All right. Yeah, get Amendola out of your lineup, put Shane Varane on the IR. If not, you've got to drop him. All right, Todd, we had quite the show today. Jets and Patriots on Thursday night football. Other than that game, what are you looking for? Uh, what are you looking forward to in week two? Well, you know, I kind of want to see um, I want to see what the Saints do this week. Saints versus Bucks, NFC South matchup. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed in the Saints offense a little last week. Were you? Uh, yes, I was. I was expecting fireworks from the Saints and the I Falcons. Mean, they, they it was weren't... 23-17, I think, the final score. Yeah, I mean, fantasy-wise, they actually did all right. I mean, Breeze came through. Jimmy Graham scored. Um, I don't know. I just kind of, I kind of want to see what they do. I, they were one of my picks to make the playoffs this year, and so I'm kind of, you know, keeping a close eye on what they're doing. Obviously, the Manning Bowl's huge, Bill. Yeah, you, you have from a fantasy football perspective alone. There's about ten fantasy football players, a total in that game. You're, you're thinking about Peyton Manning. You're thinking about the three wide receivers, the tight end, that's four, maybe yep. where you're starting one of the running backs. And then from the Giants, the same thing. Three wide receivers, maybe a tight end, definitely Eli, and then maybe one of the running backs. From a fantasy football purposes only, that's probably the game of the week. The other two games, obviously Seattle-San Fran is, you know, from a forget fantasy, just from a football standpoint, that's Hardcore, old-style football, a lot of defense. But one o'clockers, though, buddy. Here are the two fantasy games I'm really interested in. All right. One o'clockers. Other than the games we already talked about, Washington, Green Bay, and Dallas, Kansas City. Well, we saw it last week with Green Bay, and you'd have to expect that the Redskins are going to kind of do something similar than to what the Niners did. So I'm with you on that one. What was the second one you said? I want to see Dallas, Kansas City. I want to see if Romo's healthy. I want to see what goes right. on, going on with Dez. Does DeMarco Murray still get a million touches? Right. How about the Chiefs? You know, they got Jamal up big Charles. last week. Yep. We talked about Bo. Bo was a popular guy on today's show what's going to happen with the chiefs are they for real you know the defense looked great last week but it was against the jags i'm kind of interested there it's kind of a you know i grew up partially out in oklahoma which is kind of right in the middle of this right right between dallas and kansas city there's a lot of fans there that little animosity bill they only play once every four years okay that could be a feisty uh arrowhead could be pretty feisty for that game i'm looking forward to the st louis rams and the atlanta falcons i think the rams look like they can become one of those next best offenses very young still but steven jackson facing his former team i'm expecting some uh big time points in that one that's a good storyline yeah that's a good storyline there i mean he looked great last week what happened what would happen if your falcons bill i'm gonna start calling them your falcons why what happened if the rams beat them they won't oh and two not happening. Matt Ryan does not lose in the regular Matt season. Matt Ryan was your Atlanta. NFL MVP prediction. That's, that's correct, and I'm sticking with it. It's a long ki- season, my friend. You're the kiss of death. Why? <laughs> was it last year, weren't you all the whammo camo? What were yeah, you saying? Yeah, killer cam. No, no. Uh, go ham for cam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going ham for cam. Yeah, all that. And yeah, then yeah, that, yeah. How did that turn out? <laughs> not that good. Yeah, now you're on uh, the Matt Ryan bandwagon, so I feel for Matt Ryan. He'll be fine. He just signed like a big time contract, dude. Exactly. He's sitting still, on a mountain of cash. Yeah, the smile's still not leaving his face. Yeah. He's got nothing to play for now. He's got the money. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We got to take off here on Football Nation. We had a very exciting show. I want to thank all of the listeners. Of course, our producer, Josh Deering, who did an excellent job as always. Thank you, Josh. Gives, yeah. me, gives me a nod. <laughs> Josh, we're not. You see you guys being in the studio. So I know. Good. I know. It gives me a nice little nod. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
Uh, thanks to the listeners. Thanks for Kerry Byrne from coldheartfootballfacts.com. Don't forget to make some money playing fantasy football over at DraftKings.com. Todd, anything else before we take off? One final thank you. Thank you to the refrigerator that saved our call screener. Can you believe that? You put the call, you put the call screener in the fridge, and all of a sudden it's working. There you go. I got to love it. <laughs> for Todd DeVries, Josh Deering, and the rest of the family at FootballNation.com, I want to thank everyone for listening. We'll be back next week. Best of luck in your fantasy leagues, and enjoy week two in the NFL, week three in college. Todd DeVries and Bill Enright bring you the latest trends from the NFL on Football Nation.